forever. Dog. Hello, baby. This is your old pal, producer Brett here. And this week on Double Threat, we've got a very special Clips episode for you, highlighting some of Tom and Julie's best moments from January 2021 through August 2021. That old January to August pipeline. And what a 2021 it's been so far. Already this year, Tom and Julie have chatted with amazing guests such as Martin Short, Ann Magnuson, Willem, Lady Bunny, Paul Shear, Jackie Hoffman, Keisha Zoller, Scott Thompson, Danielle Henderson, Millie DeCherico, John Daly, Andy Kindler, and many, many more. They talked to the heads of the two major international chili societies. They waded through the history of horror movies with the editor-in-chief of Fangoria Magazine. They zoomed with a member of the greatest generation who said she'd, quote, never do that again. Love you, Peg. And with an eight-year-old who mocked me so mercilessly that I still haven't recovered. Love you, Desmond. They watched meatballs start to finish. They contacted the spirit of Orson Welles from the other side. They even held a double-thread erotic fan fiction contest. Remember that? Which won't be featured on this clip's episode. You'll have to scroll back in your feed to episode 46 to experience that all over again or for the first time. And speaking of full episodes, if you want to track down these clips and re-experience them all over again, and I hope that you do... Just check the show notes. I've listed out all the source episodes right there for your convenience. And now, please sit back, relax, and enjoy Double Threat's Best of 2021, Part 1. Alec Baldwin on Talking Sopranos. Our old friend, uh, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin joined uh, Talking Sopranos this week. Um, And as we pick it up here a couple minutes into the episode, uh, they've asked Alec Baldwin, like, summarize your relationship with the Sopranos. You know, how'd you become a fan? How'd you get into it? So on and so forth. I watched it every Sunday night. Okay, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) So the first season of the Sopranos, I'm sitting there going, yeah, this is cool. This is okay. You get to season three and four, and every Sunday night, my hand to God, every Sunday night, it was 60 minutes, order the Chinese food, eat the Chinese food, Sopranos, big love, go to bed. Without fail. I mean, I became this, a this, this, Hold on, hold on. Oh, right nut. off the bat. Right off the bat. This, this dolt watches the Sopranos and orders Chinese food. For the Sopranos, you order Italian food. I get my wontons, and I get chicken fried rice without fail. And I watch The Sopranos, and then I watch Big Love, and then I go to bed. My hand to God, every Sunday, I would get my wonton wontoni <laughs> Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> I'd get my beef with Polly Walnuts. But like, he didn't describe why the show was good. He just described what he did on Sundays. And I like how he's like, yeah, season one. It's like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. But then when I added Chinese food and big love into the picture. Yeah. 
Big love. Every Sunday, I'd watch Entourage, Mind of the Married Man. Then I'd watch uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. Hand to God, I'd watch Real Time with Bill Maher. <laughs> and around then, they would show a rerun of... Real Sex 15. <laughs> <laughs> they, would, they would go to nudist colonies a lot at one point. Hand to God, I'd watch Hung <laughs> and... And John from Cincinnati, hand Donna, to God, hand I would to watch God. how to. <laughs> hand to God, I would buy a hamburger mm-hmm. and I would come home <laughs> and I would watch. <laughs> Treme, Carnival, Real Sports. <laughs> and then they'd be showing. Devil Wears Prada, and I'd watch that. Hand to God, I'd watch Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Hand to God. Hand to I'd God. Go, I'd go to McDonald's. <laughs> I'd get a number two quarter pounder with cheese, Coke, fries, Oreo McFlurry. I'd go. <laughs> I would watch Hand to God. I'd watch Luck. <laughs> hand to god i'd watch luck and then the making of catch me if you can a behind the scenes and then a, and then a rerun of <laughs> a rerun of entourage <laughs> then the and then i the and then Coast, hand to god uh, hand to god i'd fall asleep in my chair and then to bed which was my chair <laughs> that looks like a bed my chair Sometimes is a it bed. is my bed. If I fall, if you fall asleep on it, it's a bed. Anything can be a bed. <laughs> Just depends on how sleepy you are. Hand to and God. I'll tell you, after five or six mushu pancakes, <laughs> I'm really sleepy. Hand to God. I'd go to Taco Bell. <laughs> I get three Mexican pizzas and a diet, a diet Mountain Dew. And I'd go home and I'd watch hand to God. I would watch Homeland and Penn and Teller's bullshit. And then I realized I had on Showtime. Showtime. I had Showtime on. So then I I, changed the channel. I missed it. And I missed it. And I would punch myself in the face. Then I'd throw my TV out the window. And watch it hit someone. All right. What else does he have to say? Is that it? Is that the whole clip? Oh, no. We're just getting started. Oh, gosh. Your podcast is Here's the Thing, right? That's the name of it. And you talk you talk to yes. people. Boo. About, you know, you talk a lot about culture. And you're very savvy when it comes to, you know, especially with TV and movies and stuff. Why do you think The Sopranos made an impact? Well, I think that... Um, you know, The Sopranos becomes one of those shows where, like, it's like a band. You know what I mean? Everybody's servicing the same goal there's shows where people come on and the cast the individual cast members uh are very bright and shiny and everything works and you know in sitcoms they're very funny and there might not even be a need for them to be in the service of the same thing but great acting to me is like music and everybody's got to be playing off the same sheet music you know and chase of course is this legendary writer and 
uh, you know, you get into you get a couple seasons into the show, and you got the best actors on TV who are all jamming the same tune. You know, they're all they're all servicing oh. the same story. Hey, hold on, hey, nobody's please, off wait, here doing hey, their own. Hey, hey, Julie, guess what? I don't like anymore. <laughs> Life. Well, this is a subset of that. Uh, the, the Sopranos? Sopranos. Yes, I don't like it anymore. He ruined it because he, he just, compared it to to. He didn't say jazz, but. He no, meant but, jazz. He, he meant the kind of jazz that white people talk about that yeah. like bad jazz. And they're all just, you guys were all just jamming on the same tune with it. Oh, you mean acting the script? Yeah. Uh, you mean sheet music, like a script? Because <laughs> the script is on a sheet, too, of paper. Yeah. You watch other shows and. And they're funny. People go you know, on them. sitcom people are funny. You watch on one show. One guy is a fireman. And he's doing a thing. And then this woman is an astronaut and she's doing a whole other thing. You guys all did a thing that took place in the same world. He's making like shows just, you know, do on, what on, they night, want. on night, night court, you know, Harry was a judge. But then John Larroquette was a lawyer and bull. I mean, the work that bull did was just unbelievable. And Marsha Warfield. Actually, now that I think about it, Night Court is also like a band. Every, back when I was on, in Long Island, every Thursday night, hand to God, I would get a popsicle and watch Happy Days. And <laughs> everyone knew their role. Mork from Mork was on once, <laughs> and he had a battle with Fonzie uh, over... Uh, who is power of his thumb, whether he could freeze Fonzie correctly. And that was a launching point for Mork and Mindy. Hand to God. Hand to God. And God, meanwhile, is just like, can you leave me out of this, please? <laughs> Anything else in this clip, Brett? Or did we squeeze the... Oh, no. He's got a great story it. coming up about uh, meeting David Chase uh, for oh, the first time. God. It's coming up shortly. One thing, everybody fits together, you know, in a really beautiful way. Right. And I love that. I love I mean, the you Sopranos don't think they were becomes cast. one of those shows, which is like, yeah. you, you, you guys both know where there's jobs in this business that become like a club you want to get into. You know, right. you want to get cast in a Woody Allen movie. You want to ah, get, you know, first there example. There the Sopranos becomes example one of those shows where you're like, one. who do I got to sleep with to get a part on The Sopranos? You know, I want to be <laughs> on that show. You know? Have you ever, did you ever pursue it? Because I know you told me, you told me Bobby a story. Buckler. Uh, I think we were doing Hollywood Squares. <laughs> and, right. And you told me a story uh, about you ran into David. It was a hot day. In the right? bathroom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it insane. was a hot That's day like in the bathroom. And I'm supposed to keep I listening to, to woman, see what the uh, story Georgette is? Hit pause, hit pause for a second, please. Please. Interior. Hot day. Was, bathroom. You just took the words right out. <laughs> oh, I did? Sorry. Absolutely. <laughs> but, like, why would you want to keep reading if that's the script? And you're like, I don't want to keep reading. Like, wait, wait, wait. No, listen. Alec Baldwin and David Chase are about to enter. Were you in the... You had a hot day in the bathroom? You <laughs> ran into David Chase in the bathroom? What was the story with you ready to with the bathroom? Hand to God. I had to I had to make water. I had to make. Hand to God, I was just gargling. They didn't have cups, so I used my hand as a cup. 
Woody. <laughs> Shoved as much tap water as I could get into my mouth as I'm dribbled down my chin. All right, let's hear, we'll hear a little bit All right, bit let's more. hear this hot bathroom story. That's insane. That's like the most effed up story. I go to meet a woman, uh, Georgette Mosbacher, famous businesswoman, uh, La Prairie Cosmetics, and uh, her husband was Robert Mosbacher, and she's this rich socialite businesswoman. And I go to meet her about a charitable thing, and my office says, go meet her at the Four Seasons restaurant. I go to the Four Seasons Hotel by mistake. It's August. Hilarious. It's 95 degrees. I go into the Four Seasons oh, Hotel. Did he end up, it's too bad he ended up at Four Seasons Landscaping, go, right? Yeah. More likely he ended up at Four Seasons Landscaping, huh? Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> you believe this guy? Remember when Rudy was at Four Seasons Landscaping? I do. I remember. That was still one of the all-time great moments in history. <laughs> that was the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. That was when he was bleeding from the face that whole week, too. The idea that at one point this guy... It was brilliant. America's mayor. Mm-hmm. And then now you jump forward in time a little bit. He's got hair dye dripping off of the side of his face. It, it He's was, in the back parking lot of a of brilliant. a Philadelphia landscapers. That was closed. That was closed on a Saturday morning. The best. Hand to God. All right, Brad. A little more, please. No, no, no. It's the Four no. Seasons restaurant. This is like the chicest watering hole of elite business and media in New York. I'm sweating through my blazer. You can see the water like splotching my, my blazer. <laughs> I go. I say to Georgette Mosbacher, can you hold on a second while I go into the bathroom? I'll be right back. She says, take your time. I apologize profusely. I'm late. I go in the bathroom of this super chic restaurant, take my jacket off, take my shirt off. <laughs> I'm mopping hold on the a sec. Wait, wait, hold on. So what did he, my sh- did he, he, he took off, he took off his, he took off, he took off his pants and jacket. I took my, sh- I took my shirt off. I took my pants off and I took off my underwear. Yeah. Hand to God. I was naked in that, that hot bathroom. And then Woody comes out of the handicap store. <laughs> so we're to believe that there's a shirtless Alec Baldwin in the Four Seasons restroom at this point. Yeah, that's where we left the story. He's he's very hot. He's soaked through with sweat. So he goes into the bathroom. He takes, uh, uh, as far as we know, his shirt, his shirt and his jacket off. So he's standing and there I shirtless. Don't buy, I don't buy... He's what if he was wearing to, he, an undershirt? What if he was wearing an undershirt? What if he had a little one of them little tanky tops? I had. You don't think? My, you think my, it goes? You, you think he goes skin to button down? I had on my working girl. The, I had the undershirt I wore in Working Girl. I don't buy this this sad sack routine he's doing either. He's trying to make it like he's just like, oh, what am I gonna do? I'm yeah, fun. but like he's the one who's meeting this socialite in a yeah. fancy restaurant to begin with, and he said my my office sent me for to do because I was looking to do charity. There's no self deprecation in this story whatsoever, no. except for I'm now picturing him completely shirtless. Could you imagine the sink? being that poor? person who made that mistake at his office oh god could you imagine being that person being like hey you sent me to the four seasons hotel change your name and move to michigan here's what i want you to do take the message that i left my kid just put your name in i don't have time you're fired 
fired. They should be so lucky. Yeah. Now right, let's hear the dramatic conclusion of this story. Shirt up to the mechanical dryer, and I'm drying my shirt with the hand dryer, and the door opens, and it's David Chase. <laughs> this is my introduction to David Chase, and he goes, Alec Baldwin? Like, like, like with that question, Alec Baldwin? Like, what the fuck are you doing drying your shirt in the bathroom at uh, Four Seasons Restaurant? And I, I, think, I think based on that alone, I was never cast on your show ever, ever, ever. Did, did you? Yeah, based on that alone. That's all that did it. You think he was shirtless or you think he had a t-shirt on? Um, I'm going to say he had a, uh, he probably had one of those. Remember when they, when like, like uh, cigarette companies would give away like shirts, if like t-shirts, if you got enough like bucks from the product, <laughs> like, like enough like camel bucks or whatever. If he, he probably- had camel cash, <laughs> he had a camel cash t-shirt on. I had my camel shirt on my Joe camel shirt. Hand to God. Cost me fifteen thousand camel bucks camel to bucks. get this thing. <laughs> All right, so let's. So he's in the bathroom. Here comes David Chase. Oh, that's that the end that's of the story? fully the end of the story. That's yeah. It. There's oh no- my god. <laughs> oh, good. So he just goes, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve Sharippa almost died setting up that story, and that was the whole story. He sounded like he was going to die. Like, <gasps> was there a story about? <laughs> Nine. Brett's Jeopardy audition story. How are you doing, Brett? Tell us a story. Oh, um, all right. Once upon a time. You want to hear about the time I almost got on Jeopardy, but definitely did not get on Jeopardy? Well, I mean, I could I have guess. told you you definitely didn't get on Jeopardy. I just had, I had, I got really close one time, but then I made a real bonehead mistake in the in the in the audition, and that was basically it for me. Um, and then I, I kind of crushed. I, I've always <laughs> wanted to be on Jeopardy. It's a lifelong dream of mine. When you say bonehead mistake, were you like on the wrong side of the podium? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I had, I just, I so it was they 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 I, I got past the online quiz. I did well enough in the online quiz that I went to uh, like an in person audition to be on Jeopardy. It was like in a uh hotel down by the airport here in los angeles and they they bring you they bring you all into this one room this was not you, a this was not a jeopardy audition brett ah, shit. i'm so yeah, sorry you just to take tell an you. online quiz yeah we met in a hotel room down by the airport yeah so I a survey, less of a quiz it's more of a more of a survey that i feel like that shirt off let's take that shirt off <laughs> all right look you want to be on jeopardy don't you you want to be a jumper? Yeah. We got to make sure you're. We got to make sure you're ripped. Come on, <laughs> let's take that shirt off. Now I'll ask you a couple of questions. What's two? What's two plus two? <laughs> Guy's snapping away. He's like, "Oh yeah, you want some Jeopardy questions? Yeah. Well, how many states are there in America? <laughs> not in the form. They're all questions. <laughs> like These are all not questions are not Jeopardy answered. rules. <laughs> that's what. That's what tips bread off. Yeah. Instead of, I love it that he's like, let's get that shirt off. Or like, yeah. let's get those pants off, guy. Right. Well, come on, relax. Relax, buddy. <laughs> relax. Look, if you're going to be on Jeopardy, you got to be relaxed. We got to make sure you're a cool customer. Let's take those slacks off. Let's get those slacks off. <laughs> let's get those slacks off. No, I'll ask you some questions while we're doing it. Like, well, what? Uh, what's your favorite color? <laughs> 
and Brett's like, what is pink? And he's like, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, okay fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he starts. He was, starts asking Brett to like start doing yoga. Yeah, exactly. He's like, all right, let's just see. Uh, let's see downward facing dog. Let's see some moves. <laughs> Come on, do some boxing. You, 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 you can, do a little, do, touch, do a little shadow boxing for me, man. Can, <laughs> can you touch your toes, Brett? Yeah, you touch your. Yeah, do, do some stretches. Yeah. Now relax. Yeah, and we're like, Wait, what? Uh, who's the president? <laughs> he comes back. He like leaves for a second, and Brett's like, "I think I got this." And he comes back with a hula hoop, and he throws it, and he's like, "Hula hoop time!" Yeah, hula hoop. Now let's get this hula hoop going. <laughs> and Brett's like, "He's like, who? Who's the president?" And Brett's like, uh, uh, um, "Who is uh, Joe Biden?" He's like, "I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Joe Biden is. Who is that?" Why are you asking me questions? I'm the host here. You uh, you answer my questions. Keep pooping. Yeah. Okay, yeah, keep spinning. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you want to cool down with a shower? And then he takes out a hose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's for Jeopardy. <laughs> he doesn't take, he takes out his spray bottle and he just starts spritzing him. Yeah. Yeah. While he's hula hooping. Yeah. Kind of missed you a little bit. <laughs> That's Let's a, get yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brad, I'm so sorry to be the bearer of yeah, bad news or good news. That? Maybe that was not bad news. What happened once you were in the hotel room? All right. So uh, once I was in, it was a big conference room. They, they auditioned like 20 people at a time. And they were like, we're just going to start off with an icebreaker. We're going to go around, ask some easy questions. Just raise your hand if you know the answer. Well, it's just just an icebreaker, just to get everybody kind of comfortable. They're like, this isn't being, they said this is not being judged. They're like, this isn't being judged. Uh, it's just a, you know icebreaker. So they start asking questions. Uh, I, all the questions are pretty easy. I'm raising my hand. I'm not getting called on. I'm raising my hand, not getting called on. Everybody's getting the Nobody's missed a question yet. Everybody has just gotten in on the first try. Mm-hmm. I noticed though they start because I'm trying to play you know the, the the mental game out of this too. So I'm, I've noticed that the questions have started to get harder as they've gone along. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, they're getting more difficult as the, the more questions they ask. And so the they ask this question. They go, um, "There's this famous uh, gym on the on the uh, Paramount Studio lots that has been used by that is that is commonly used by big Hollywood stars such as." Uh, Julia Roberts, Tom Cruise, and this star of Forrest Gump. Um, and I raised my hand and they called on me and I was about, I literally was just about to say, you know, Tom Hanks, which is the obvious answer to that question. Uh, but in the back of my head, for some reason, I got all these wheels started turning and I was like, Oh, what if this is like, that's too easy. I know this, they said these were easy, but they've kind of started to get harder. So what if this is like, what if it isn't Tom Hanks? It's somebody else. Yeah. What if it's somebody else in Forrest Gump? And I, I'm thinking about all this fast, fast, fast. And then I just, I shout it out. I go, Gary Sinise. Um, and they. Uh, so you didn't every, answer in the form of a question even. I didn't even answer in the form of a question. I just shouted you just out Gary. Screamed, you just screamed Gary Sinise. And I Gary was Sinise. <laughs> like when you cut it all out, it, it like a thousand things happened in my head within the span of a second. But if you cut all that out and you're just watching it, they're basically like, who's the star of Forrest Gump? And this guy shouts out <laughs> Gary Sinise. Um, He's a star and, to me. And everything, the room kind of like literally went sort of 
the, the, the room went like went got confused for a second. Everybody was mm-hmm. sort of because it was literally like rapid fire, like oh my question, answer, question, answer, mm-hmm. correct, 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 correct. And then some, some, suddenly someone got one wrong. Yeah. And so everyone's not looking at me in the form of a question, not even in the form of a question, uh, but they got to get the right answer before they move on. So they're like, no, that's not it. Uh, and then they're like, does anybody else know? And so some guy raises his hand and he's like, Tom Hanks. And they're like, yeah, it's Tom Hanks. And so, <laughs> and then, oh, uh, Brett. Uh, oh, it was really, it was it was humiliating, and I feel like they said they weren't scoring that, but I could tell everyone was kind of looking at me. Like there was a lot of other stages after that to the audition, but I could tell they were just doing it for. They were letting me participate just just mm-hmm. to go through the motions, but you could tell when it was my turn to come up for the next thing. So they're like, "Oh, here's this Gary Sinise guy." Yeah, they're like, you know, you're, yeah. The next round is you wait in your car. <laughs> yeah, next round. Hey, you. Want you? Uh, want you cut up some cut up some uh, some sandwiches for everybody. Why don't you why don't you whip us up? Cut up why don't you apples. run down? Why don't you run down to the coffee shop downstairs? Get me a uh, get me a latte. What is and say uh, like this drink is available in the hotel lobby, and I'd like one. What is this a latte? Drink, this drink is Great. what I want and what I'm asking you to get me. Yeah. It's made with espresso yeah. and milk, and it's available downstairs at Starbucks. Were you worried that they were going to say like, all right, here's your next question? And then somebody would go like, and it's not going to be Gary Sinise. And everybody in the room would go. The rest of the audition had that vibe. There weren't any moments explicitly like Mm -hmm. that, but there was this general just sort of like, I could feel that energy in the room of like, yeah, this is the, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, every, and and honestly, it everybody else relaxed after that because they're like, well, this guy, this guy's not going to be know, put his foot in it. Yeah. So yeah. so now it's like the bar has been set for how, you know, it's not going to get worse than that. Oh, Brett. Um, oh, dear, sweet Brett. Look, I don't regret it because here's the thing. If it had been Gary Sinise, mm-hmm. yeah. then suddenly I look like a look like a damn, you know, genius. So because it, 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 in that case, it would have been a trick, you know, sort of a trick question. So to it was, be, it to was, be fair, what kind of Jeopardy question is like? Where does Gary Sinise work out? Yeah, I mean, that's sort gym, of what this famous gym on the Paramount lot has been used by Tom Cruise, Julia Roberts, and this star of Forrest Gump. What a dumb question! <laughs> it is a dumb. Thank that's you. It on that. No, it question. is. It is a dumb question. Or and answer. I like to answer. I like to repeat. I knew. The answers to every other question that got asked, I just didn't. And I knew that I knew who the I knew who the damn star of Forrest Gump is. I just I just got my head about it, and I went for a high risk, high reward, mm-hmm. you know, answer. You I said, shot Gary your. Sinise. What is it? You sh- people like saying that you shoot your shot. You shot your shot. People, I shot. I shot. I, I shot my shot. When, when yeah. did people start saying that? I don't like it. I don't know. Is Hamilton that like a, is that like post? Yeah, it might be a Hamilton thing. Yeah. Well, Brett Gary Sinise was in Forrest Gump. Yeah. And so is Sally Field, which is what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Could have. Also a great answer. The answer was Gary Sinise. They would have driven you right to the right to the lot. Yeah. They would have yeah. said, all right, you, you're, you make the cut. Alex Trebek would have like, Alex Trebek would have come in like the Kool-Aid man. He would have just broken through the wall and like <laughs> and extended like, his hand to you. He would have been and like. And you, you would get on his shoulders. He'd give you a horsey back ride. He would have broken through the wall and said, what is, oh yeah. <laughs> Eight, Manson Night Live. I'd watch that. I'd watch Charles Manson's SNL audition. Yeah, if Charles Manson, do you think if he auditioned for SNL and like killed it, do you think Lauren would have like contacted some kind of like federal judge to be just like, 
Is there any chance you know, we could get I have this a quick guy question about it. Just exception. once a week. Hi. Uh, knock knock, guess who? It's me, Lorne. Um <laughs> I had a quick mm-hmm. cue about a you know, very talented um you know, because there's Billy and Danny and <laughs> yeah. I just sort of think there should be Chucky, so And the compromises they make a compliment. Go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say Charles Manson comes in and he's like, you he goes right up to Marcy Klein and he goes up to the point and he's like, You, you, you're on audition for me. <laughs> I'm not the one auditioning, motherfucker. Maybe you're the one auditioning for me. And then he's like <laughs> Maybe I'm on maybe I am on SNL and you're trying to get on my show. <laughs> and then he's like, okay. It's time for Banana Danny. And he takes some bananas out. And he goes, oh, I'm Danny and I like bananas. And the next thing you know, Lauren mm-hmm. Michaels is like, so I have a couple favors to ask of you. You know, I really want to hire Charlie uh, just as starting as a featured play. Yeah. <laughs> he'll be totally supervised. And <laughs> <laughs> the compromise is that it's just like, like a film by Charles Manson. <laughs> like he, he only can do films in prison that get shown on the show, but he's not in the cast yet. And also by supervise, it means like some poor writer who also auditioned. who's like really talented and has all of her shit together. It's like, I want you to write with Charlie. You know, I think that the two of you would. Um, yeah. This poor woman has to go to like prison once. a <laughs> No, not once a week, all week. Stay up all night, Tuesday nights. Yeah. Paula Pell and, and Charlie Sell. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Manson Town. And what if he pitched things that they're just like one out of every five? They're kind of just like, that's really good. What, what out of five? I feel like this is. Well, first of all, I feel like we're watching, we're we're writing a feature here. This is about the sensation. Mm -hmm. Manson Night Live. We got a great show for you tonight. Ariana Grande's here. Wait, he's hosting too? Yeah, now he's hosting. (laughs) Oh, what if he keeps, he, he like keeps trying to get them to book the Beach Boys so we could kill them. Yeah. We got to get the Beach Boys on the show. Lauren. Lauren, we got to get the Beach Boys on the show. He's in Lauren's office. <laughs> and then he's like, he's pitch. He's basically pitching the new Laser Cats. This this kid is really. He calls him a kid, even though he's like. Yeah, even though he's eighty eight years old. He's, so, right now he's dead. He wouldn't be dead. Like when he's just like whenever Charlie's doing it's, an interview. I haven't, not since Sandler has I seen such. You know, can you play a, sec- a Charles Manson interview where he just? I want to hear him go. Yeah, n- where he talks <laughs> and then just starts making, just goes, <laughs> just starts doing his thing during it. Are you mad? Uh, do you feel like Wolf's Kebab Fried Frannish? Get Frannish, Butch, Butch, Boogie, Get a Remix, Get a Giggle, 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 Giggle,
And now that Will is leaving the show, uh, we do need someone to do W, so I do think Charlie could do a good W impression. I'm in the White House. I'm in the White House. I'm President. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. Hey everybody, Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here, DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't we, wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Seven. Julie's surprise birthday party featuring Columbo. Oh, this is this is embarrassing. Um, What's that? Uh, well, before we get to like the the guests that are dropping by for Julie's party, um, I I really should have talked to you guys uh, before the show about this. I'm sorry I didn't, but um, apparently I, I don't think it's like a big deal. But apparently, Double Threat has been like implicated in this ongoing criminal investigation that's going on. I don't really know all the details about it. But I was contacted earlier today by this detective and he's like, I've got to if he's like, he's like, I can just if I can just jump on the Zoom, I got a few questions for everybody. <laughs> if I can just I can just like clear this up real quick. So if we can just like get this guy out of the way, then we can get to the, uh, the sure. guests. So I just but I, I, I feel le- legally obligated to let this guy into the Zoom. OK, no, that sounds like a good plan. That okay, sounds so, like a good plan. OK, so here he here he comes. Uh, he says his name. I hope sp- I hope, yeah. Go ahead. He says his name's Columbo. I don't know. Hi, uh, is this Columbo? <laughs> Pardon me for interrupting anything. I know there's a big birthday going on, and there's our young lady right there. Hello, happy birthday, Julie. Hi, Lieutenant. Hope you don't mind me breaking in, but uh, I'm <laughs> Lieutenant Columbo, and I'm here on an important case, and I know you're a fan of mine, and you know how I operate. I do. I want to ask you a question. I know that you're a big Frank Zappa fan. <laughs> so, I brought along my album here just to ask you a question. You don't mind if I ask you a personal question, do you? Now, do you have this album? 200 Motels? I don't. I don't have the soundtrack of 200 Motels, Lieutenant. Well, the reason no, I'm that's... asking you is I know that you're a big, big fan of Frank Zappa. Well, you know, he and I are old Pisanos. We go way back to LA. Yeah. Matter of fact, I hope he name his band. The mothers? Yeah, I would. One day they were. I went over there, and Frank and the boys were messing around, and they had a they had a vacuum cleaner and a custard, frozen custard machine. They were doing something with it. I said, "What are you mothers doing?" And they said, "Hey, we're the mothers of invention." So there you go. That's a terrific story. <laughs> but I do want to tell you, but you know these songs very well. I've Got to ask your your expertise on this. Let me say. You know. I don't know that album as well as I know some of his other albums. Well, I'm sorry that's what I want to ask you. You see, there's one album and there's one song I turned my wife on to Frank Zappa. She really digs the music just like you. Mrs. Yeah. Columbo it's likes one, Frank Zappa. There's this one song that she always plays and it's called, yes, let me so. see, it's called G Spot Tornado. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she plays it over and over and over again. 
And I said, Rose, you're going to wear that thing out, that record. You know, so. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> no! Anyway. Six. Scott Adams House Tour. We've watched some home tours before on Double Threat. We watched a Papa John's home tour, uh, and he kind of went for like a big cinematic thing with the aerial shots and the music and everything. And it was, it was on TikTok. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's a bunch of other home tours out there. This is, this is by far the, the worst home tour I've ever seen in my life, uh, that August sent us. This is, uh, Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Uh, oh no. Doing it, doing a home tour. Mm. Um, oh, God. who is who for people who may not have been paying attention he sucks. What the creator of Dilbert has been doing. He's been he's been this right wing crybaby on social media and And he's got this like creepily like young lady friend, I think. And Dilbert sucks. Dilbert always sucks. Can you imagine Dilbert whoever sucks. anybody thought that was Dog funny? Bird, Dogbird sucks. Yeah. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He sucks. He's the worst. Scott Adams is truly the worst. And but what do you uh, really think about him? <laughs> tell me what you really. <laughs> tell me how you really feel. Uh, but apparent, apparently, his uh, his fans online were just begging for a home tour, and I'm so sure. Sc- Scott Adams complied. And uh, here is uh, Scott the Adams. Abi- the dude abides. Scott Adams complies. So here's a little tour of my house. There's the kitchen. I'll give you more detail in a minute. There's my loyal dog, Snickers, waiting to help. Here's the living room. There's the home theater that's coming right into the middle of your picture. I'll take you in there in a minute. And this isn't. This is like the boring house of ASMR in the center of the house. Like hypnotizing a sixteen-year-old girl around the camera. Be interested in what he has to say. And take you through. Everything's brown. Three. Uh, microwaves yeah. for popcorn. This is the most brown house I've ever seen. Yeah, I've this seen gin- ar- I've seen gingerbread houses that aren't as brown. This house, I mean, it looks like it looks like uh, uh, he the kind it. of yeah, it looks like the kind of house that they do like porn shoots at or something, <laughs> like an abandoned McMansion. Uh huh. Like an un like it's just furnished to sell, but nobody actually lives in it. Looks like this. It's the most disgusting house I've ever seen, and it, and it <laughs> is like it's. Uh, I, I want to play replay something here because he says okay. uh, he says that he has uh, three microwaves for popcorn. So let's uh, let's what? Hear that. let's hear They're that all again. for popcorn. I've got three uh, microwaves for popcorn. There's one, and then there are two here. One's actually a convection oven that does double duty. We've got uh, various. Pull out drawers for garbage. Those come in really handy. Did Scott Adams just show me his fucking garbage can? I mean, you need one of those. This is the most basic bitch house. And he's acting like, well, you can kind of slide this drawer out here. And there's actually a garbage can in there. And you can, that way the garbage can's not uh, out in the open all the time. It's like, yeah, that's every, every one of these dumb houses has that. Look, he's got Wonder Bread. He's literally got Wonder Bread. Look at that. You froze also, the screen at the perfect point, Brad. Every time every time that dog looks into the camera, I feel like the dog is like, please take me with you or kill me. Snickers. Snickers is trying to climb inside that confection oven. <laughs> He's like, there's three. At one point, I have the odds are in my favor. Yeah. 
Get let me in that microwave. <laughs> Here's a little tomato plant. My neighbor, who's a realtor, gave the neighbors because it wasn't that nice. Nice and good marketing. So there's the long view. Back here is the uh, back cat uh, back oh, kitchen so or pantry or the dirty kitchen, as they sometimes call it. So there's a this is like bigger hell. refrigerator. This is like truly like hell to me. Yeah, this, this is, is like what if hell's got actually going to be like. Yeah, like if you got a tour, it's like welcome to hell. You'll be living here for the remainder of yeah. uh, eternity. That's the entertainment uh, center, but we'll get there in a minute. You're like, oh, that's so ominous. And just a quick preview too of what's coming up. Uh, we've also got we're going to get a look at uh, Scott Adams' man cave in a second, and then uh, we're also going to get a look at a uh, a part of the house mm-hmm. that incorporated uh, Dilbert into the architecture. So mm-hmm. just a just a sort of preview of coming attractions. Here. How does he have all this money? You can't have money doing Dilbert. I'm sorry, you just can't. Otherwise, like Jim Davis would have been living. High on the hall. I don't feel. Where does his money come from? Don't tell me. I don't care. Go ahead. Deeper for beverages and party platters and stuff. Here's my coffee machine. A couple of. Oh my God. Uh, a, a, Here's my coffee a, uh, machine. Washer and dryer. There for the downstairs. Here's a paper towel roll. There's a, another yeah, the, <laughs> Put paper towels on this <laughs> thing. You can quicker, kind of spin picker it around. As, as it's often known. So here's a little. Uh, uh, little push cart that I designed the house to accommodate. So it fits right under there. You designed, you designed the house? The house? You buy Target. You worked backwards from... That's like, that's, a, a, that's like a Target little like space saver <laughs> push cart. You're going to love this. This is a piece that I... Uh... I designed the house around this. And over here you'll notice uh, it's a cabinet. I can it's keep a milk plates. crate. It's like... Alpha alpha shelves like refrigerator here keeps food cool and uh, <laughs> freezer part keeps them frozen. Then this is the actually. the jewel of the house. I designed it the whole thing around it. It's this thing I got I got at the container store at three p.m. Here's a little uh, office area just off the garage. You always need a little. The office furniture area is so the ugly. Yeah, and I'm gonna take you into the garage because that's where my man cave is. Oh no. There's my trusty. As if, as if this whole house isn't Very just a, a tribute to there's his boringness. Cave. Yeah. And there's this man cave with Fox News on the TV. And two traffic cones, like the way like a teenager would decorate his dorm. Look at that you, or, or like I'd say like a production designer would think a teenager would decorate his dorm. He's he's like so strangely like withholding of actually making something comfortable or nice. Here's my man cave. It's a it's like in a garage, but it's not like this guy had the resources to have like a room be a man cave, but he's kind of like this corner of my garage is set up to be a man cave. So it's like just a couch. Even, yeah, it's it's a couch in his garage with a flat screen TV and a fire extinguisher. I was what is that? Say, a little is that generator? To, to, is, in case the 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 takes on Fox News are too hot, he takes that Notice, out. And- yeah, got a. Spray this down. I got my bicycle over here. You notice? Uh, I have a helmet. the The tragedy of this is just someone who just has no taste. It's not bad taste or good taste. It's just n- zero. Just like yeah. not not a not applicable is what it would say on like the the. Well, uh, Scott Adams didn't get that memo because he's about to tell you how this room is actually designed intentionally. Um, so let's keep listening. So everything in here is chosen for its feel. So its color or its feel. 
So it's intentionally yeah, everything's uh, brown. College yeah. dormitory garage motif. Um, here's a little. Is that uh, a raccoon? Currently. Um, <laughs> oh, it's a kitty. Zoe the cat. I'm gonna catnap. Sometimes Zoe. Snickers the dog is on here. So here's my whiteboard where I do a lot of planning for my blogs and stuff. I've got a workbench here, storage, and. My ping pong table doubles as a uh, as a work area. What? And this is what so I call my boring. my mail sorting station. Uh, I don't it's allow physical mail into my house because it's just pollution. So I what? clean it in the garage and I sort it into that bin that's underneath it. All right. So everything in this mail room, as I said, is selected yeah, no, for it's, its, it's placement. physical mass pollution, Julie. Didn't you know Dilbert? Uh, didn't you read Dilbert about? that time? That time Dilbert talked about how physical mail was pollution. <laughs> I thought right wingers didn't believe pollution was a thing. Dilbert, most boring cartoon thing ever, and this guy's got a McMansion because of it. I don't. Again, I don't know if that's where. I can't believe that Dilbert. This is the house that Dilbert built. I just can't. when it when it gets syndicated like that, the money rolls in. I don't think in. it's the same kind of syndication as like TV getting syndicated. I I mean I don't know, but it just seems suspect to me. I don't see like you never went over. You never got a tour of the guy who did Beetle Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to take the Mary Worth tour. <laughs> Prince Valiant. Yeah, we're in his, his backyard. Take you out here. Even his pool is boring. You should throw the phone in the pool. And of of course, this of course this boring dude always has like the pool robot cleaning the thing at the. Well, you can't actually go in it. The pool robot's uh, cleaning the cleaning the pool right now. Can't go in it. It's my best friend, actually. Yeah, me and the pool cleaning robot. Recognize? Oh God! Oh no! Sucks. He's got a he's got a little uh, alcove kind of set up on the second floor of the house. He's showing us the outside of the house, and it has eyes like Dilbert. This one room has two oval windows next to each other, and sort of like the hair. And this to me is the most shocking because everything else about the house looks like you could have just bought it as made. But this indicates that these are choices and this was custom. If I were his neighbors, I would call the cops and say, this is an eyesore. Tear it down. Literally. Although maybe not the cops. I don't know who I'd call. Call the FBI. Yeah, call the FBI. There's a hot tub over there and there's an outdoor TV that's broken at the moment. But Cool story, bro. Yeah. All right, there's a barbecue area under here, and there's an outdoor that I don't use. Bathroom, I use uh, human so you don't flesh. have to dry off that much. As I cut so off a girl's part of the genius of this design <laughs> is that the the outdoor surface continues on into the bathroom, so it's a, it's a oh true outdoor. Oh my god! So now he's showing us the. Oh no! The, I've seen he, Dilbert's he, toilet. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the greatest thing you've ever said. Oh no. Oh no, I've seen Dilbert's toilet. <laughs> and uh we'll come over here and you notice I got a little bag with some snacks in it. I got a bag of pretzels in here. Got a 
the long uh, pretzel sticks in here. Uh, can't eat those though. Uh, they make my stomach upset. Uh, let's. It's like there needs to be like a less agoraphobic or less claustrophobic version of the room or room mm-hmm. where like this is your captor. You need you don't. It's just it's called the house or yeah. house. And it's Scott Adams. And every day he wakes you up and gives you a tour. So uh, yeah, come come on over here to see. Uh, can't find Snickers. Not sure where Snickers is at. <laughs> Snickers is literally hitchhiking. He's learned to he's learned to make an opposable thumb. Yeah, <laughs> Snickers. Yeah, Snickers out on the highway holding a little sign in his Just mouth. Anywhere, get me out of here. <laughs> anywhere but here uh-huh. is what the sign says. Dilbert, Dilbert was my master. Get me out of here. I am not Dogbert. Sign just says, I am not Dogbert. <laughs> People driving by, they're like, oh, Dilbert's dog's trying to escape again. <laughs> <laughs> Dog just tries to pretend to be just like a piece of furniture. Just try to blend into the background. <laughs> He's brown. Can't find, can't find Snickers around here. I'm not sure. Snickers is just like not moving like. He tells Zoe the cat, don't move. He's coming. I'm looking here on the dog bed. I don't see <laughs> don't see Zoe or Snickers. Uh, Zoe, Zoe and Snickers are like with child protective services. They've dressed themselves up like children. Like one has a baseball mm-hmm. cap on and the other has pigtails. <laughs> they're both holding lollipops. And like they have saddle shoes, one has shorts, one has a poodle skirt. And they're like, our daddy is a human and we're humans too. So you should probably put us in foster care. We're just looking to uh, get adopted and find a new home. As human children, which we are. Five rubs and glazes. What do you think Brett's go-to dish is, Julie? What oh, do you think that's Brett- a great question because we know that Brett is a good cook. Yeah. And we know he's from Atlanta. I what picture Brett. I would picture. A jambalaya? I picture he probably does like some like, like a, I bet you Brett has like a casserole that he can make. Like a, a hot dish? Yeah, like a hot dish. He's nodding. He's nodding. I was going to say more of something in the stir fry realm, like the, like an open pan, not like a oven not like mm-hmm. we're gonna bake this as much as just like fires on and then you put something in the pan it goes and you go yeah i picture brett has a thing like a sweet potato casserole oh how close are we brett well look this all sounds delicious but you haven't really zeroed in on it on it yet um uh, <laughs> it's I, I, just like a full goat what is it just a goat <laughs> You and your you and your satanic friends just barbecue a goat. What are you even getting at, Brett? What is the answer? We covered a lot of range. Uh, you, you did, you did. Uh, look, when when I really come alive in the kitchen, what really what really you know gets me motivated is uh, uh is doing uh, glazes and rubs for fish, like coming up with with because uh, there's no I like going no recipe. What do we got? I've got a, 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 a just a, a just a fresh piece of fish with no flavoring, and how do we how do we make this pop? You know mm-hmm. that's that's really what gets me going in the kitchen, and and so I I go into the refrigerator, mm-hmm. the spice rack, everything, and then mm-hmm. it's like you know at that point it's just like a, I'm like a medieval alchemist at that point, just really sure, go, going sure. to town on this on this fish, and uh, I would glazes say glazes and rubs. I would never have a million years. 
just guessed that Excuse the answer me. would be. Well, at least that took the Army Hammer stuff off the <laughs> oh, forefront of my mind. It's like Tom and I brainstorm about all these nice, delicious foods. He goes, what do you think, Brett? And he goes, I like glazes and rubs for fish. I yeah. didn't expect that in a million years. And he called himself an alchemist. <laughs> you were just saying, I like Julie, you just said, I can't imagine anybody like people saying my famous this and that. This guy just called himself an alchemist. I picture him in a sorcerer's robe. He said that's when he apron. comes alive. He said that's when he comes alive. <laughs> this is when he rubs and glazes a flavorless fish his poor family sees him in the kitchen <laughs> he comes in with a thing a halibut and he's just like get the spices like, out i'll be back in an hour no he doesn't like to he likes to it seems like there's a lot of hunting gathering he likes to do he's rooting through whatever's in the pantry or the fridge be like eeny meeny miny mo." yeah <laughs> which will be the glaze i know yeah and it's like <laughs> yeah Fee fi fo fum. I think time, his family's time to yeah. rub this. <laughs> this. <laughs> like, I don't like, know. Coat this fish in bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> Fee fi fo fum. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 melting down some bubble gum. He throws some. Uh, he throws some big league chew into a pan. <laughs> and Amy, Amy's like, what's the ETA on dinner? You're yeah. like, leave me alone. Yeah. I think, I think Brett's family is doing like the equivalent of like on a talk show when they're like, all right, put it in the, st- in the, in the oven, Brett. And then like, okay, we'll watch the thing. You leave the room and then they switch the real food for the thing and then they take it out they're like oh wow brett your fish looks amazing it looks so good he's like it's the difference is the bubble gum he's like i tried purple purple big league chew the grape uh i tried the grape big league chew this time figured i'd (laughs) i figured i'd see what that was like and they're like yeah yeah that's right it's the grape big league chew Made yeah. this fish so good, and then in the in the garbage is the thing Brett was making. They're trying to, they're like trying to feed it to the cats, and the cats are like, "Fuck you!" Yeah, the cat is like, cat's like, "Is this gum on this fish?" <laughs> and just the idea that like it's like let him let him do what he needs to do in the kitchen for however long he needs to do it, because I swear to God, that's where he comes alive, and then. <laughs> Yeah. Between now, it like you, he comes out of the kitchen. And finally, I can talk to him. He's a human. Well, He's now a human we need. Man. We need a shirt of Brett in the kitchen. <laughs> the can sorcer- somebody do a sor- it? A sorcerer's hat and robe. Yeah, but he needs to be dressed like a like a traditional Merlin type wizard. <laughs> <laughs> do they do aprons? Oh my God! Does does. T public do aprons. I'll get on the imagine, phone. With, get on the phone with Jerry and ask him. Uh, maybe they can um, they can start it for us. Imagine you're wearing an apron that says "Fee Fi Fo Fum." Time to add some <laughs> bubble gum. <laughs> Close your eyes and make a wish. I'm gonna make a glaze for fish. 
Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> close your eyes. No, don't close your, <laughs> close eyes. your eyes. Maybe you look at what you're putting in there. Close your eyes and wake. Make a wish. Time to rub some stuff on fish. <laughs> stuff. I mean, look, you guys, you guys, you guys joke. I guarantee you. Put me in a kitchen with some random ingredients. I can come up with a glaze, no matter what, or a rub. I mean, it doesn't. Even if I go, if even if I go in not knowing what's in the kitchen. And you, th- or if it's a night when it's like, oh man, there's nothing to make. There's no, I, all I got these random ingredients. Mm-hmm. That's where I thrive. Uh, you know, there's really no, no combination <laughs> of things that I couldn't make a good glaze or rub out of. This is troubling. <laughs> <laughs> the level of self-assuredness well, is just, off yeah. the charts. I've never seen somebody more confident. You guys joke, but like anybody, anytime somebody says you guys joke, but it means I'm starting to actually get mad. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Brett. I'm passionate about two things. I like podcasts and glazes and rubs. So I guess three. No marinades? Yeah. No marinades, Brett? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, you could throw marinade in there. Um, I think it's a pr- it's, these are all kind of loose terms. Uh, when, when does a glaze become a marinade? You know, um, I see. Yeah, I guess marinade is what implies it was it was overnight or something. It's been in there for a while. Um, when does a glaze become a <laughs> marinade? The answer, my friends, is in Brett's kitchen. <laughs> the answer Don't is in go in Brett's there with kitchen. your eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. Leave him alone. He's come alive. <laughs> it's alive. It's alive. They lower well, down a piece of salmon. Brett's, Brett's wife is on the phone at Domino's. No, so, yeah. so, sometimes Amy and I will play uh, Guess the Glaze, where I'll, I'll do, uh, you know, I won't tell her what's in it, and then she's oh, got to is... guess the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Guess the Glaze. She's, she's actually very good at it. She usually gets, uh, you know, at least mm-hmm. three, you know, three out of five. What happens mm-hmm. when she doesn't get any? Is she punished or yelled at? Is she screamed at? Do you get the sor- Do you get the black sorcerer's robe on? You can't taste. <laughs> you can't taste the melted down Haribo watermelon. Little little soft chewies. You can't taste those. <laughs> Brett goes out into his bedroom. He comes back in his black sorcerer's robe. Amy knows he's angry. Yeah. She's meanwhile she's been rooting through the garbage being like, "What the fuck did he put in this glaze?" For Walter B. Bad. I'm the one <laughs> I'm the one who <laughs> Who rocks? I'm the one who rocks, and then they put like the, the lights end, go up. Created by Vince Gilligan, and it's um, and it's just the Johnny Breaking Be Bad Good. band, and it's it's Walter White doing Breaking Bad, <laughs> uh, doing doing Johnny Be Good, Johnny Johnny Be Bad. I'm going to cook up some meth in a dry cleaner basement. Right. Go. Walter be bad. Right. Walter be bad. Walter be bad. 
and it's just the band. It's it's all I of them running the band. Tuco on drums. Albuquer- <laughs> Tuco's on drums. Once I woke up and I turned fifty years old, my wife <laughs> gave me some stupid vegetarian sausage. So I decided to. I was also <laughs> I also yeah. had cancer. And I so got anyway, I went down on a crazy path. Oh, bad. Walter be bad. <laughs> oh, Walter bad, bad. And B bad is, is breaking too- bad. Like B, the B in bad stands for in stands for breaking. So wait. This is maybe not- how did how did we miss this? Wait, hold on. You're pitching a song. I'm pitching. <laughs> I'm pitching. I'm the one. Who rocks. rocks. And then suddenly the lights go up. Oh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> and then, then he does the solo and he goes, he taught he tells the story of this series, mm-hmm. and he's he's Walter B. Bad. He's Walter B. Bad telling his own story. And the band is all the characters from Breaking Bad are in the band. Two goes on drums. And his drum set also has like a tortoise shell with Danny Trejo's head on it that he can like hit. <laughs> um, I think uh, Todd is on the saxophone wearing. Yeah, Todd uh, on saxophone wearing like cool Bill Clinton shades, like when Bill Clinton played. How did that win over people, by the way? How are people not know. just like, hey, you know who we should keep away from the White House at all costs? <laughs> the guy I just saw playing sax uh, playing Hard mediocre saxophone uh yeah all these and it's like he had all so- these scandals he had all these scandals with the uh, jennifer flowers all this stuff and he goes on and plays heartbreak hotel like <laughs> what's that like They're just these ancient symbols of what was cool but like the people who drew archie comics thought they were cool ray bands yeah. mm-hmm. saxophone heartbreak hotel yeah please i want to be the next president of the united states three the offspring karaoke could we hear a little of that brett could we just hear a little of that song oh absolutely we'll get it out of our system Hey, da, 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 do you da, think if da, we played da, the karaoke da, da. version for that, you could do it automatically? Do you know the song yes. well enough? Yeah, let's yeah, let's do it. But I do need the. Is it all right if we do the lyrics? Or I'm not allowed to have the lyrics. Yeah, no, I would be troubled if you knew the words <laughs> to it. You're just kind of like, yes, put up the karaoke video. We'll do it right coming now. Coming up, coming up. This is what the offspring. The offspring, yes. Mm. They were the weird owl of grunge. But they weren't parodying anything. Well, they did. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Why, no, why don't you get a job? Which is basically obla de obla da. Oh, that's funny. I'll do this guy. Gotta keep them separated. Ah! 25 second break. I got time. I ain't got nowhere to be. This is a pretty good uh, version. This is very Southern culture on the skids. Are we doing it at the same time or alternating? I think at the same time. Like Like the the latest latest fashion. fashion. Like Like a spreading spreading disease. disease. 
The kids, kids are strapping in on their way to classroom. Getting yeah, arrow weapons, weapons with the greatest, greatest of ease. The gangs take out on the wrong of the cow. And they catch you slipping and it's over, pal. If one guy's colors and the others don't mix, they're gonna bash it up, bash it up, bash it up, bash it up. Hey, man, you're talking back to me. Take them out. You gotta keep them separated. Hey, man, you're disrespecting me. Take them out. Keep them separated. Hey, they pay no mind. If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. Hey, come out and play. By the time you hear the siren, it's already too late. One goes to the morgue, the other to jail. One guy's wasted, then the other's a waste. It goes down the same as a thousand before. No one's getting smarter, that one's learning the score. Your never-ending spree of death and violence and hate is gonna tie your own tie rope, tie your own rope, tie your own rope. Your own. Man, man, you're, you're disrespecting, disrespecting me. me. Take them out. out, you got it. Keep them separated. You're talking back to me. <laughs> Take them out. You gotta. Gotta keep them separated. Hey, hey, they don't, don't pay, pay no mind. If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. Hey, hey, come, come out and play. I'm a rabbi and I got some things to say about what's kosher and not. And it has to do with meat and milk. What you have to do is keep them separated. It goes down the same as a thousand before. And no one's getting smarter. No one's learning the score. Your never-ending spree of death and violence and hate is going to tie your own rope. Tie, tie your, your own, own tie rope. Your tie your own. Tie your own. Hey. Oh, man, you're talking to me. Take, Take them, them out. out. You got to keep them separated. Hey, hey, hey you're, you're disrespecting, disrespecting me. me. Take him out. You gotta keep him separated. Hey, hey, they don't pay no mind. If you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. Hey, hey, hey. Come, come out, out and play. play. That was pretty good. That was pretty I wanna, good. I want to do pretty fly for a white guy. Now, now we'll do pretty fly for a white guy. Um, I think. Was there a Weird Al pretty what pretty fly for a white guy? Wasn't no, he did a... uh, White and Nerdy. That w- White and Nerdy is great. Yeah, White and Nerdy is a masterpiece. White and Nerdy is a masterpiece. That video is so funny when he's waving from behind the mower. Yeah. All right, I don't. I don't. I don't think I know this one. Oh, I know this one pretty good. Until, okay. Oh, Gruber Gleben Globen Globen. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and all, all the, the girlies, girlies say I'm pretty, pretty fly, fly for, for a white, white guy. guy. <laughs> oh, my God. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. You know it's kind of hard to get along today. <laughs> How's this go again? What it's is awful. this? I don't know this verse at all. Have a clue, man, and he may not have style, style but, but everything, everything he lacks well, makes up in denial. denial. So, no, 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 no,
You know he really doesn't get it anyway. He's gonna play the field and keep it real for you no way. For you no way. And if you, you don't, don't rate, rate, just overcompensate. At least you no, know you can always go, go on Ricky Lake. The world needs one of these. Hey, hey, do that brand new thing. Give, Give it, it to me, me baby. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me, baby. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. He needs some cool tunes, not just any will suffice. They didn't have ice cubes, so he bought vanilla ice. Now cruising in his pinto, he sees homies as he pass. But if he looks twice, they're gonna kick his lily ass. Don't debate a player straight. You know he don't really doesn't get it anyway. Gonna play the field and keep it real. For you, uh, this I don't. I I thought. Yeah, Brent, you're better at this. Don't rage, just overcompensate. At least you'll know you can always go on Ricky Lake. The world loves wannabes. Ah, hey, hey, do that brand new thing. Now he's getting a tattoo, yeah, he's getting ink done. He asked for a 13, but they drew a 31. Friends say he's trying too hard and he's not quite hip, but in his own mind, he's the, he's the, he's he's the, the dopest, dopest trip. trip. Uh-huh, uh-huh, give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh, give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, cinco, seis. Tom, is, is Tom still here? Tom's here. Can you oh, hear okay. me? Yeah. <laughs> I'll say the thing about it is, I don't know what's worse. Thinking I know an Offspring song and knowing it or yeah. th- being like, yeah, I know this one. And then being like, wait, I'm so confused. Wait, can we hear that? I just want to know the answers. This is like, we did the crossword puzzle. Now I want to know the answers. Can I just hear how the verses go and pretty fly for a wake up, please? We can do that right after we do self-esteem okay, by let's offspring, do self-esteem. Let's please. Do self-esteem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now this one I do know. You do? This is this this uh, this one slaps. This one rips. Well, this one is a real bop. Or it is a baseline. I'll put it that way. It's a baseline. I wrote her off for the tenth time today. And I practiced all the things I would say. She came over. I lost my nerve. I took her back and I made her dessert. Now I know I'm being used. That's okay, man, because I like the I know she's playing with me. That's okay, cause I got no self-esteem. Away. Yeah. 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 Whoa. 
hands. To go out at night. Like this, right? I wait till, I wait till two, two, then I turn off the light. Oh, it's down? Okay. This rejection got me so low. If she keeps it up, I might tell her so. Away! Hey, 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 hey. She's saying all that she wants only me. Then I wonder why she sleeps with my friends. When she's saying all that I'm like a disease. Then I wonder how much more I can spend. Well, I guess I should stick up for myself. But I really think it's better this way. The more you suffer. The more it shows you really care Right Yeah Can you do this next verse? I feel like I know how I want it to go But it's Then do it Now I'll relate This little bit It happens more Than I'd like to admit Late at night She knocks on my door She's drunk again, and she's looking to score. I don't know this part. No, I should say no, but it's kind of hard when, when she's, she's ready, ready to, to go. go. I may be dumb, but I'm not a dweeb. Right. I'm, I'm just, just a, a sucker, sucker when goes out the theme. Oh, Yes, I should stick up for myself, but I really think it's better this way. The more, the more you, you suffer, suffer, the more it shows you really care. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two. Martin Short remembers Charles Grodin. Well, how did you first meet him, Marty? I met him... You know, I mean, I might have met him at a Lorne Michaels party in the mid 80s, but I really got to know him doing the film Clifford in 1990. OK, well, what would be your first exposure to him as a as an actor? Well, what was fan. the first time? Um, you know, I mean, I later would realize he would play the doctor in Rosemary's Baby and things like that. But it was the heartbreak kid that I was obsessed with. Oh, my God. And I thought it was one of the greatest and still do one of the greatest comedic performances on film because he is unafraid to show the absolute horrible side of someone who really needs to get what he wants. And uh, it, he's just brilliant in it. He's astoundingly brilliant. As is Jeannie Berlin, as is Sybil Shepherd, everybody. You know, and, and people forget about that film that it feels like such an Elaine May film 
but it was written by Neil Simon. Oh, that's funny. You'd never think that because right. it has her and her daughters all over it too, but it has right. that kind of. Also, I think it's got such an ambiguous ending that only Grodin can pull off because it's a sad ending in that he gets what he wants, but he'll never be happy. He'll never be happy and probably leave this one. Right. But another actor, I don't know if they could convey that in the way that his sort of dead eyes and that scene with that little kid does. What are you uh, interested in being when you grow up? Well, I haven't decided yet. How old are you? Ten right now. Ten? I was ten. Excuse me. Sure. Well, when you think of, you know, when you think of Charles Grodin, he was, I mean, in his Carson and Letterman appearances, he wasn't afraid to come across totally unlikable. Where now we live in a society that it's all about likability. What's your likability? And he didn't care less about his likability. He wanted to heighten his unlikability. And it's, it's the, it seems like the riskiest gambit you could possibly do because we were talking about this earlier. Talk shows are the one place where you're supposed to be selling yourself to America, basically as someone to welcome into your, into your entertainment right. choices and things. And he's giving, he's actively giving people a reason not to. But I think people like Carson and Letterman, because they were such participants in the, the premise of this ornery guest that they let you know it was all safe. I mean, that's the thing about a host of any talk show. The audience looks at him or her and determines if the joke's okay or if the guests went too far. One time I was on Letterman and the audience was laughing and I said to Dave, what are they laughing at? And Dave said, nothing we're doing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> They're just happy to be out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, But it is that thing where it's like outside of the hosts, you're talking about people that are just like, I. why is this guy being mean to my host? I know. But I'm saying, I think if you really felt that David Letterman was getting upset, then you wouldn't mm. like Broden. Yes. And you'd see a different David Letterman also. Right. But Dave truly was not into it. Joke. Also, the great thing about Charles is that he really, he wasn't in, fueled by the admiration of strangers. He really didn't care. If he thought it was funny, that's all he needed. He didn't need your approval. Mm -hmm. What about his what about his friends, though? Did did your approval make a difference? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was very, uh, you know, he loved Carol Burnett, Steve Martin. All these people were his old friends. I wanted to ask about when you were doing Clifford, how you would. This is the question. Would you heighten your silliness as he was sort of more and more stoic? Because there are so many moments in that where I cannot believe either of you are not breaking and it's almost as though you're trying to break him. He didn't break. He never would break because there was a lot of improvising going on and all the stuff about look at me like a human boy was all improvised. Oh, and, oh my God. and he never, he just is into the character. I remember <laughs> Richard Kind played my father and he, yes. he would break up all the time. Uh -huh. And, and he would hate himself because he knew he'd destroy the tank. But Charles never did. Does it ever get easier, my Uncle Martin? Not really. All right, now listen to me. Listen to me. Here's the deal. 
You go to your room, write a confession that I will take to the police, and I will not send you back to your parents. And you tell Sarah that you and I are the best of friends. And we are, aren't we? Shut up. But if you even look at me funny, if you do one thing that I find weird, which is, you know, like your middle name, see, you're doing it right now. Can you just act like a human boy for one minute here? Look at me like a person. You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy. Don't mess around with me. You're going to be back on that plane. You understand me? I understand that I love you. All right, all right, all right. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I cannot. I, I, I watched that as just the ultimate self-control of him not breaking. And the only other person I could think who would be able to do that while you're doing that in those ridiculous facial expressions <laughs> is maybe um, Bob Einstein Yeah, could possibly like have kept a straight face around you. But I imagine that it kind of like heightened your determination to be wackier. I don't know. We just kind of got into a groove. It was, we didn't know what we were doing. I was 40 year old man playing a 10 year old. And, <laughs> and um, so it was, it was heightened, then it wouldn't be, then it was bizarre. We, you know, we try all range of takes, and those are the choices we make, mm-hmm. for better or worse. He he has that thing where it's such a slow burn that you cannot. It's like it's like because it, it, the two of you, when you get to those key, and look, you know, I've seen this movie eighty times. I'm just I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem at this point. Um, where when you finally, it's like a heavyweight boxing match where it's like who's gonna win this thing and he's got his style and you've got your style which is completely counter to his style and it but they just it's like such a great fight but i think that was in that was true that he was a fan of what i was doing and i was a fan of what he was doing so Mm -hmm. it was totally different styles but charles was very he wasn't one of these people that in comedy only likes what he does you know Mm -hmm. but there are people that are like that well, don't you think Woody's kind of like that? I think oh, most no. everybody is like that. What did you learn from him as an actor, Marty? Did you ever, because I was listening to an interview where he said he had to run the lines with De Niro from Midnight Run, which sounds like a real treat a million times. <laughs> the two mm-hmm. of them going back and forth and back and forth before he could just get on camera and do his thing. Um, I know he was classically trained. Did he... You know, I, I don't remember um, that. I remember nothing that, that wasn't trained. <laughs> but I don't remember him going over lines a million times. I do remember that he was always knew his lines. He was always on to it. He always wanted to play. And then he'd always come with the pages and he'd written other stuff. Oh, it, really? Yeah. He was always, what if I said this? What if I said that? Maybe you could say that, you know, there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. And is the, are there moments where the two of you are just like, we've had these careers We've accomplished all that we've accomplished and I'm dressed like a child and you're my uncle. And this is the most surreal thing we've ever done. No, not really because, you know, I had done so many characters and sketches and specials and weird people and weird things. Just being playing a 10 year old was, it wasn't like (laughs) you were asking Spencer Tracy to do it. (laughs) Yeah, and was he? Because because I guess Clifford started. You were you were on board as Clifford or, uh, right off the bat with right. the movie, and with with that process of who's going to play my. Well, uncle. that was the fantasy casting. 
what if Charles really? would do it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, just again, everyone involved in the film adored Heartbreak Kid and adored him, adored him in, you know, check out how funny he is, he and Diane Cannon in uh, Heart, um, Heaven Can Wait, Heaven Can Wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. He's hilarious. He's hilarious in yeah. King Kong. Yeah. I remember I mean, in uh, Lonely Guy, too. He was. Yeah, he's in Lonely Guy. Absolutely. And then Real Life, which is our favorite. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because for me, as a kid, I would see um, Seems Like Old Times was on cable all the time when I was. Right. That was like So when you're when you're like eight or whatever and these movies were on on cable, the HBO would just run these things on a loop. It's like they had six movies. Right. So I, I probably watched it 10 times. And that's that's the first thing I got from him, and then the one with Lily Tomlin, the Incredible Shrinking Woman. Yes, and yeah, but then uh, we were talking before. It's like then you meet the persona on the talk shows, and you're just like nobody, literally nobody was doing what he was doing with that platform. I don't think anyone's done it since. Yeah, and it's Joaquin just- Phoenix in that one you know appearance of day, <laughs> but that's about it. Yeah, but he didn't do it twelve times. He no. wasn't invited. And he was he not invited done. back. And he was he was he did it with Carson too. Mm-hmm. Well, he took the piss out of Carson. It seemed like he wasn't. He seems like he was never nervous. It's because like what you were saying, it didn't seem like he gave a shit about what the audience was going to do or how they were going to react. Or I think certain people just kind of say this is funny, and if people don't get it, that's their problem, mm-hmm. not mine. You know. I, I was going to say, what's it like to have that confidence, do you think? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And and when the layers that get put up to like with a persona and then to go become like to for him to go become the talk show host that after causing so much uh, of a, you know, so many headaches for talk show host to suddenly have to be the guy in the chair is such a is such an interesting uh, reversal for him to suddenly have to be the the welcoming guy and figure out the line for how much. Well, of the that's old who thing he I really was, do. though. The, when he's on Letterman, he's playing a character. He's doing. Mm-hmm. And did you ever break when you were working with him, or no? You're, you're. Are you completely locked in as well? I tend to be a little locked in. I don't really break up very much. It depends if someone walked onto the set and slipped and fell. Then <laughs> I would laugh. Mm-hmm. And like really hurt themselves. Yeah, really injured. Then I'm gone. Yeah, you take so many blows to the head in that Marty. There's some, there's a scene where you get hit on the head like three times, and you fall out of frame as the mm-hmm. priest. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a wonderful movie. If anyone uh, who hasn't seen Clifford, you're not allowed mm-hmm. to talk to me until you've seen Clifford. Oh my god, it and is so wildly funny. Yeah, and the two of you in the kitchen with the loaf of bread when he's teaching you how to swing a bat. Like that is just, oh my God. And it just feels like one of those things where you're building a thing that for whatever reason did not pop when it came out, but it was the ultimate, it's like, it's like trending upward for 30 years now, this movie. That's what a cult movie does. It's only getting bigger. It's true. Well, one of the reasons that, I remember Conan O'Brien once said to me about SCTV that it was on at 12.30. And when he was 14, he thought this show was just for him. And that's why he became so passionate about it. So I think when, you know, 
you're 28 and you're high and you're in a dorm or 22 high in dorm. It depends how many times you failed. I was going to say. You no. Then you feel no one knows this. My parents don't know this. This is mine. So I think mm-hmm. that's how all cult films start. Yeah. I mean, that SCTV, the thing you talked about, you just said with Conan is exactly. I remember I would sometimes I would wake up on Saturday morning and if I fell asleep and I missed it, I would be so sad for the rest of the week because I was just tired. And I was like, I can't believe I missed it. I got to just do better next week. I can't miss it again. (laughs) It was, it was the most important thing because SNL was its own thing. And, but it just felt like a variety show and like a, like a very live party that was like accepted. And then there was just this odd thing that was from, not from New York, from just somewhere else. And, you know, I'm in New Jersey. So it's just like Toronto. What? I don't know. It just felt different. It was moved at a different pace than everything, but it just immediately was the thing that made perfect sense. Well, again, the luxury, the luxury of not having an audience is that SCT was making, we were making movies and SNL. Listen, I've done both shows and you go out there and you believe in a sketch and it gets nothing. You're the first person saying, please, cut this and it's not maybe the piece had it been filmed would have been great but the, it's not connecting with the audience and when some and when you have an audience and you don't hear any response you feel like you're bombing and that permeates the sketch but in sctv we did it again for ourselves if we found you know an odd andrew martin playing indira gandhi mm-hmm, yes the vita <laughs> That might not play in normal circles, but we thought. Oh, really? You don't think? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's a bad example. I'm saying, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, I'm being. Oh, I'm being a little obscure, yeah. but I'm saying that we found it hysterical. <laughs> therefore, it became part of SCTV. Mm-hmm. Now, was there any any uh, origin in Clifford from uh, any other uh, Oh, that Rusty? Remember the Oh, that Rusty? The, the, mm-hmm. Where you were no, the, no, no. Um, the, the, the Clifford thing was really just based on you're going to play the, the script was originally conceived as a vehicle for a kid and then they realized it was funnier if an adult played him but it wasn't like oh i'll take that seed and create that seed sure but i didn't know if right. it inspired when you played that kid who was on the show that never went off the no, air rusty was a different rusty was more like that mm-hmm. he was more like you know later day loose <laughs> yes yes Rusty had been hit as an eight-year-old, and then they never canceled the series. So it was in its 38th year. And Rusty had been arrested for shoplifting, and and they kept making the sets bigger, which yeah. is and and hiring like six foot seven co-stars to play my dad. Yeah. Dad, you know. Well, weren't there like some pretty tall extras in Clifford? Uh, absolutely. No, no, that that part of it is true. That's, you know, the uh, making the set bigger. Even my vest, the buttons would be bigger to make me look smaller. <laughs> Were you on your knees at all or no? No, um, uh, no, I wasn't on my knees, but they would like if 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 it was Groden myself, I he'd be on boxes and then they'd cut. To the two of us going in, and we get a real little ten-year-old boy to walk in with him, holding his hand. Mm-hmm. And are you still close with him? Do you still keep in touch? Did you pay for his college tuition, Marty? The ten-year-old boy. 
Yes. I didn't. <laughs> I, I, and I meant to. But, you know, I get so busy. Okay. One, the Nancy Myers talk show. When an it's the Nancy Myers talk show, such as you, starring me, the queen of show business, the queen of the box office, with one point six billion dollars to her name. The one and only Nancy Myers, tonight's guests. We love you, Nancy. The stars of the George Lucas talk show. I'm Nick Marshall, the star of What Women Want. And without further ado, I'm I know what the star of the show wants because I can read women's minds. And Nancy wants to start the show. So let's start the show. Please welcome Nancy Myers. Oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so great to be here. Oh, God. Wow. How are you, Nancy? Wow. I'm doing... Uh, I'm doing okay, Daddy. I know. That's why I know what you... I know you're doing okay. I can hear your thoughts. I'm in um, Cabo. Mm. Patrick! We have it. Can we... Sorry, Brett, yeah. can we mm. move Patrick, please? Yeah, let me mm. just quickly mute Patrick. Thank you. He muted himself. He beat me to it. Thank you. I'm I'm joking, of course. I'm uh I'm in Montauk with um Carlin and Scarlett. Nancy, how uh anything in the news that's striking your fancy? Wow. You know I don't like anything fancy. <sighs> Usually I just like a you know, a couple of stainless steel faucets, you know, like a really nice roast chicken and a buttery Chardonnay. But what I did like reading about were these freaks that stormed the Capitol. <laughs> I thought, <laughs> something's got to give, all right. Democracy. When I was watching that, I was saying... I don't, I know what women want, but I don't know what these maniacs want. <laughs> no, daddy, you're so funny. Sorry, I keep, keep forgetting you're not daddy or mumsy. Sometimes I think of mama and what she'd be doing if she hadn't died on the Titanic. I think she'd like my movies. Do you like my movies? Oh, I love your movies so much. I love, of course, I love what women want, the movie I starred in as yeah. an Nick Marshall, the ad executive who fell into a bathtub with a hairdryer uh, after, hair dryer, after yeah. waxing my legs and yeah. wearing pantyhose and slipping on bath beads. What I thought was funny was that you waxed your leg and it hurt a lot. It you did know? hurt because that's the kind of thing that a guy doesn't do. They just don't no. wax their legs, but it made me understand what women want. Hey, Nick, do you have that Foster's lager that you were going to drink that we both agreed about? Because I do. I'm sipping on a buttery Chardonnay. I have a Foster's lager. And I'm going to become more Australian as this goes on. I um have a funny story. 
Oh, that's the amber nectar. One time I went to Paris. It's a right ripper. And I had the most outrageous roasted chicken. That's the story. Great story, Nancy. Nancy, let me see what you want to do next. Uh-oh. You want to bring Uh-oh. on our guests. Oh, he knew it. He knew it. I know that he'd know it, and he did. That's how I wrote the character. Yeah. So let's you bring know, these Nick, guests on. At first, you weren't great at being an ad executive. By the end of the movie, you got the Nike account. Remember? I got that Nike account because I said, she likes to run alone. No pressure. No stress. This is the one place she can be herself. Look any way she wants, dress, think any way she wants. I love my writing. No game playing. Mm. Just rules. No game playing, no rules. Sorry to mess no your words rules. up. Yeah. No, I don't forgive you. Oh. Uh, Nancy and Nick are both taking gigantic oh, uh, yeah, uh, sips from the... their drinks right now. <laughs> That's good stuff. Oh, Daddy, you're such a riot. You know... Um, I'm thrilled to have these guests on that you mentioned, and I. You didn't I do the movie you'd... Foxcatcher, right? I did not do Foxcatcher. I am going to read my filmography very briefly uh, as soon as I. Uh... Okay, uh, Private Benjamin, obviously, Irreconcilable Differences, Protocol, Jumping Jack Flash. I don't know exactly what my. Okay, writer. Whoopee. Baby Boom, Father of the Bride, Once Upon a Crime with Eugene Levy. Uh, not a waste of time. I love trouble. Nick Nolte, what a charmer. What a ha- what a if you needed to have a modern day Cary Grant. Uh, Father of the Bride, Part Two, The Parent Trap, What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give the Holiday, It's Complicated, The Intern, and then of course home again with my uh, da- daughter, so good at the internet. And then I think there's also something on my Wikipedia. This is Father of the Bride Part 3, which is a reunion on Zoom. Anyway. Well, most of uh, your titles seem to be just random phrases. Oh, yeah. They just come into my head. It seems like you heard someone say it's complicated, and then you I, <laughs> wrote a movie called It's Complicated. I did. I was at a bistro, and I ordered a French onion. Uh, uh, I ordered a you know, croque monsieur. And I said, you know, this is the kind of jambon I want and so on. And the waiter said, this is complicated. And I said, you know, shut the fuck up so I can write this down. And I did. And I um, cast Meryl Streep. And I, to my credit, asked, I made sure Alec Baldwin lost some weight for that role. I don't know if you know that, but I did tell him, you know, lay off uh, your, your, uh, your wife's gazpacho for 10, 10 minutes. I think and, um, you, you told him that something's got to give and it would be his waistline. By the way, this is, you can see how this is yellowtail uh, screw top. Really the best of, um, That's the good know, stuff. Niece. Oh, yeah. Because I got over here the amber nectar fosters. Oh, oh God, Nick. You're te- Nick, you are. Oh. Nick, you're terrible. That's not You're a terrible. knife. That's not a knife. I heard what you said about this is a knife. <laughs> For the listener at home, Nick is brandishing what appears to be a very real knife. What are you drinking, Brat? I'm a, I've got a um, uh, Cadillac Margarita, and I'm drinking it uh, out of this uh, skull mug that I got in Las Vegas. Um, 
which is a, tri- a tribute to, uh, to, to, to Nick, Danny. to both of you, really, to Nick, though, because uh. I know that uh, uh, Nick's uh, mother oh, was from uh, mother Las was Vegas. was a showgirl. Yeah. yeah. yeah she and, was uh, a Vegas showgirl. Yeah. So it's a tribute to you, to your mother, to your, to your wonderful mother, and, and, yeah. and to you, Nancy, for directing that great movie. Uh, you're, both, uh, you're both incredible. It was, my, it was my pleasure. Now, Nancy, you don't get enough credit for basically inventing no. the superhero genre. I don't. That I was the first superhero. You were. You minds. had powers and a great bod. I remember those voicemails Mel Gibson left about Jews and how he could see his girlfriend's pussy from behind when she was wearing leggings. You also seem to surround me with a fair amount of Jewish people in the movie. I can't help it. I think they're funny. I'm reading your mind right now. You're saying. What am I thinking, Nick? You wish there were. You're saying two things. One is that mm. you wish there was a way you could get wine into your system faster than through your mouth. That's for dang sure. And the second thing is you want to bring on our guests. I do want to bring on our guests. We had them come all the way from. I think they all live in Queens. Out of space. I think they're all from out of space. Fine. It's a real pleasure. You know, I. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled to host them. I'm a great host. You know, I love entertaining. One time I made chocolate croissants at three in the morning. In an enormous kitchen. Well, it's not that big. The counters have counters. <laughs> Danny. Without further ado, George Lucas, Watto, <laughs> and Patrick Contnor. Welcome to the Nancy Myers talk show. Oh, thank, thank you. you thank, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I have to correct you, Nancy. You said you think all three of us live in Queens. I, of course, live in the Dakota. Don't of course. I live in the floor below Yoko. Yeah. I think I'm the only one who actually lives in Queens. Yeah. I live in Marin County at Skywalker Ranch. Marin County's filth these days. You know, COVID has changed it. It's basically skid row. I remember I used to go to Sausalito and I wouldn't have to look behind my, uh, you know, my my shoulder every other moment and see, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, am I being followed by, uh, you know, someone who's like a cinematographer? And now I live in constant fear. If you're walking through and some cinematographer comes up behind you and says, give me your money. You say, that's not a knife. I say, it's all in Switzerland. This is a knife. Right, okay. I think, Nick, what I would love is if we kept the brandishing down to like four, I'd say. Four what? I know, I've got my own rules about comedy. I do the rule of four. The thing I like about the Nancy Myers talk show is how many visual gags there are. I'm a big fan. Oh, of that so good. Far. We were just about to ask you what you liked about. Yeah. Well, so you weren't asking anything the, uh, else, so I figured I would hop in with the thought. So important oh, that the thanks. guy who should I mute him thank, again? Thank uh, just let me know if I should thank mute him again. Thank you, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. Just hopping in. So important that the guy who scrubs George Lucas's toilet tells us what he thinks. Now, Nick. Watto. Yes. <laughs> What's your favorite one of my movies? Oh, no question. It's The Intern. 
Why? Why? What isn't there to like about this movie? It is a film that shows that the generational gap is perhaps not as wide as we once thought. Not as wide. The Zoomers and the Boomers can reach across the aisle and find common ground. And that a man and a woman can be friends. Does not have to be romantic. That they can have a genuine sincere, unconditional friendship of support. That's that's something Nora didn't understand, and that's why I smothered her with a pillow, and now she's dead. That's why she's dead! And that's why you've made more money at the box office than anyone. How much money have I made again? 1.6 billion, but I'm adding the Marvel money on since you invented superhero (laughs) movies. Well, let's talk about that. By the way, Watto, thank you. Of course. I'm very proud of the intern. Can I just Great say moment. about the intern? Yeah. It's one of these movies. It's like, it's like a horror movie without the horror. By yeah. all, if so. everybody else would make that movie, some weird old man getting involved in the life and hanging out with somebody and ingrati- ingratiating themselves into the family, <laughs> usually he'd start slashing the family up. But in this movie, don't kill no one. <laughs> If I That's, was in a situation um, like that with my family <laughs> and someone came in and started messing around, you know what I'd say? What? That's not a knife. Oh, my God. Number three, I bet. Oh, my God. And then I'd just let that be the threat because I don't want to use the third oh. one yet. <laughs> well, I think, um, I, think in a, I think in a way the intern is a horror film. Uh, it just has to do with the, the fact that we we don't we are immortal and, and we don't have very much time on this uh in this life. And so even though uh, retirement Hold up, isn't all... Debbie Doubter, I've yeah. got a question for you. All right. I shot Parent Trap with motion control technology, according to my Wikipedia. Incredible. Incredible. Right. Yeah. So that Lindsay, you know, Lindsay, she was oh, she's a sweet little dear at the time. Um, she could play twins. Now, there were two of them. Who played the other one? Then she played both. It was like uh, Army Hammer without the you-know-what. Flesh-eating? Talent. So, George, we both used computers. What do you think of that? Well, we, we sort of revolutionized the motion control cameras on, on 4. Uh, so I think that probably paved the way uh, for you to be able to make that movie. I don't think you'd be able oh, to make that without the kind of... Uh, thank you. Well, I, I want to thank you because I, one of your uh, early films had a big influence on me. Irreconcilable Differences? Um, well, to a certain extent, and that all all films are about family. But the one that Thanks, I'm specifically baby. thinking thinking about is Private Benjamin. Mm, I wrote that with which, my ex husband. Right. Uh, I'm divorced. I'm also, you know. I'm divorced. Yeah, I'm divorced too. Um, and the uh, but I'm remarried happily. The uh, you were doing the old rumpo pumpo there with uh, with uh, Linda Ronstadt, right? Correct. Um, oh. what's, but what's that pri- like? Private. Uh, it was good, uh, but Private Benjamin, uh, uh, a film about uh, someone who- I prefer who... Carly. Simon. Sorry, go ahead. Private Benjamin, uh, a film about someone uh, who doesn't seem like they should be in the military uh, for comedic no. uh, to a comedic extent, and then they end up being something of a hero. And I remember seeing that movie and thinking, mm-hmm. I have to do my own spin on this, which ultimately that's what Jar Jar Binks uh, ended up being. Someone who shouldn't, uh, you know, seemingly has no business being in the military, is having a hard time of it, but in the end uh, uh, becomes a hero. Wow. 
Patrick, what do you do? <laughs> it's a great question. It's a great question. Uh, Nancy, I actually, I have a question for you. Can I ask you a question? Not on this show. You answer the question first, mate. I answer the I mean, what do I do? What do you want, I me, didn't what ask, do you want me to say? You got to. I said, what you do you do? You answer first. Nick's going to get mad. I got a question about mad, quest- I got a question for you. He will leave you a voicemail. It will have words you will not repeat. I'm sort of the Brett of the George Lucas talk show, Nancy. Well. What? Sort of. I'm sort of the- You are. I, I don't understand why you're not saying your title. Toilet boy. I'm the, I, what am I? I'm the talent booker. I'm the producer. What do you want me to say? Producer. Toilet boy. Producer. Get yeah, your brush boy. boy. Whatever, honestly, whatever they need at this point. I call it the loo. I'm actually not sure that, uh, I mean, back when we used to do the show at UCB, Patrick was more of a hands-on producer. I would fly to New York, do the show, and head back to, mm-hmm. to Skywalker mm-hmm. Ranch. But since COVID, uh, Patrick hasn't been. That place went tits up, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, and and uh, pits up now if you if you follow the news because uh, we already covered that at yeah. great at at greater length you'd ex- expect for a national international podcast. That's not a pit. What was your question, Patrick? Oh, I wanted to. Uh, you worked on the first episode of The Price Is Right. You were a production assistant. Yes, that's. I got my I got my start. You know, I went to. How was that? What. What was, was that like? It it was boring. There were all these people in the audience that wanted money. It was just so gauche, you know. It was just oh, very sure. classy. Was, sure. You know, one woman had no brassiere. You know, she was wearing a tank top. We should add the Price Is Right money to your uh, grosses. You're right. I should. I should. Uh, you're and right. Jar Jar Bing's residuals, apparently. Listen. Well, then I get the Parent Trap money because she wouldn't have been able to make that film without it. So for every time you do that, I'll do it right back, Brett. You know what the parent trap is really about? It's about having a famous mom and writing something really fun on Instagram. And then, you know, someone will say, like, you know, you go, girl. And then someone else will say, what are you talking about? You know, that article on Bulger was really nice. And, you know, you'll say, um, I'm kind of in a, in a bind or trap. And uh, you'll be right. It's not a parent trap. This is a parent trap. <laughs> and it's a giant pit. And Ali Farinakian's at the bottom of it. <laughs> uh, by the way, fun fact from someone I know who worked on It's Complicated. I, I direct Head to Toe in Kashmir. Brett, <laughs> let's play a game. <laughs> my bearings my whole goddamn life Life. the uh first game we got for you is called uh dagobah or santa barbara and uh i I, i'm not a i've never i'm not a star wars fan so i don't know if i'm pronouncing that first word right uh uh, but we'll just say uh it looks like dagobah no no dagobah the word starts with dago not a dagobah so day day go by day go by or Santa Barbara and uh, in this game, uh, Nancy will state a fact about either the planet day go by or the city of Santa Barbara, California, uh, which was the location of it's complicated, uh, and it's uh, Watto and George uh, and uh, Watto and George are competing against each other. Uh, uh, whoever answers correctly first uh, gets a point. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's al- let's alternate. Let's alternate here. Uh, so we'll go back and forth. Uh, and is Patrick a competitor in this as well, or just a spectator? Brett's choice. All right, Patrick, you are uh, simply a spectator, but you are free to comment uh, at, at your leisure uh, as to what's going on. Great. 
Uh, so Watto and George back and forth. While, while you guys are playing the game, he'll be busy giving a wank to a Muppet. <laughs> what is going? You know, I knew the Mupp- I knew the Muppets when they were lined in ermine. <laughs> they since got a, you know, it's all fast fashion. Nick, I'm glad you're a fan, though. Fan of what? <laughs> me, apparently. You seem to know you're, a lot about me, Nick. You're half uh, unexpected. You're like uh, the, the love child of Jar Jar Binks and the guy from the National. Nick, you're terrible. So let's you play Dagobah or Santa Barbara. It. I say it. You wrote it, Nancy. Dagobah. Uh, I Dagobah. think we should. Well, I think we should put the Nick against Watto. Okay, so Nick uh, versus Watto in Dagobah. Because we both know what women want. Oh, Watto! <laughs> should you I remind say, me of my ex-husband? Should I say Watto women want? <laughs> now, Watto, I can kind of read your thoughts. Yeah. This is what I was setting up, which seems like 10 minutes ago. (laughs) Look, this force is a little bit stronger than I thought it would be. Yeah. (laughs) Watto's got a lot of thoughts going around in the noggin. Yeah. I'm reading one thought you're saying is. Yeah. I I agree you should get replaced, Patrick. (laughs) Oh, my God. So here we go. I mean, Watto can do whatever he wants. Yeah, let's play, Brett. Let's play. Watto loves women. Watto loves women. He loves women. Dagobah or Santa Barbara. It's one of those things where he will want to go down on a woman, and it's not for reciprocity. It's just what he wants to do. I don't have genitalia. There's nothing in it for me. I just. But that's not the point. It seems like that's the that's like first move. Yes, it seems like you know. It's yes, yes. I got that sense. It's what Watto wants. Yeah. Dagobah or Santa Barbara? Question number one, uh, and this is Watto. This is Watto versus Nick. Is that what we landed on? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So action. Watto versus Nick. Uh, first question to you, Watto. Hold is on, this- mate. Jewel. Yep. Sorry. Nancy's got something to say. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, yeah. Nancy. Please. Yeah, I got something to say. Uh, w- remind me. <laughs> Give me a hint. You want to change the uh, participants? Yes. Remind me how I want to change them, Daddy. <laughs> do you want uh Jeeves? Do you want to pit these two against each other? Sure. And I'm sorry, when you say these two, we're talking about um <laughs> I know you can't read my mind, but it, it is it is um I need a little uh when you oh, say I these can two, read it. There's nothing there. Oh, Nick, you're terrible. That's good. That's good. I got that. Uh, you wrote it. You're That's Nick at the beginning of the movie, not the end, and not even the middle. You wrote it. I know, but I didn't get screenplay credit. Isn't that generous? How about it is all three members of George Lucas talk show competing against each other? <laughs> oh. uh, first question goes uh, to to George Lucas: Is this Dagobah or Santa Barbara? Has a delightful farmers market on Tuesdays. Is that Dagobah or Santa Barbara, George Lucas? It's definitely Dagobah. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Nope, um, nope. Sorry, what's I cre- the far- sorry. What's the sorry, farmer's Brett, market situation? Brett, Brett, we didn't show it because it would it would have de- completely derailed Empire Strikes Back. But there was a scene where it was Tuesday on Dagobah, and Yoda 
he starts leaving his little home and Luke's like, where are you going? And Yoda's like, need to know you not. And he follows him and Luke sees Yoda go to the farmer's market. And it says, you see it on the screen. We filmed this. You see it on the screen that it's Tuesday. Now, maybe there's one in Santa Barbara as well. But if anything, they Monday, probably took- Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Mm. Mm. And on Saturday, you can get the cutest radishes. I should have clarified. We're just using the filmed, uh, the the filmed footage, uh, the actual filmed uh, uh, canon of Star Wars, not not extended universe or imagined universe. None of these uh, backseas you're always right. well, doing, I'm just talking, slapping I'm, new I'm, things in. Oh, I'm just talking about. Well, first of all, Empire isn't finished. I don't. The only Star Wars film that I finished is Episode Four, and you can see that on Disney Plus, McClunky. But Empire Strikes Back, I'm still working on it. And I might even put the farmer's market scene back in, and then I'll see if Disney will will upload it. I like to go to the farmer's market. I say, what's good? And then I take, you know what I mean? Like, And then you say, oh, what's good? And you go home, oh, I think I'll just make a perfect roast chicken. Yeah. When I go to the farmer's market, I bring my knife. <laughs> Slice open a cantaloupe. Make sure it's fresh. So uh, incorrect. Sorry, George, that was incorrect. Then I walk away. Incorrect. Then I walk away. Well, I don't you even can say pay that, for but it. it's just not true, Brett. Uh, so for the purposes of this game, uh, no, uh, zero points for George Lucas there. Uh, Watto, you're up next. Dagobah or Santa Barbara, uh, mostly covered in swamps and bogs. Mostly covered in swamps and bogs. Is that Dagobah or Santa Barbara, California? Uh, it is Santa Barbara, California. I'm so sorry, Watto. That is that is thoroughly incorrect. Uh, that is uh, uh, Dagobah. Uh, the answer for that one Brett, was Dagobah. Brett, hmm. you are wrong. You are wrong. You clearly have not spent enough time in the Santa Barbara dating scene if you think it is not covered in swamps and bogs. That's all I'm going to say to you, and I will not expand upon that point. Uh, well, I, I hate to correct you, but I am a seasoned veteran of the central coast of California. I've been uh, up and down many times. Uh, all It's not just Santa Barbara. Right. Um, My daughter but, uh, has Kyoka, a finsta. My daughter has a finsta. Guess what's on my daughter's finsta? Three words. Right wing memes. <laughs> <laughs> Next That's question goes one. to Patrick. Uh, so far, no one has no one has scored yeah. a point in uh, Dagobah or Santa Barbara. Okay. Uh, this uh, uh, no one has scored a point. Zero to zero. Uh, Patrick, your question is: You can get a great Sunday brunch at the Biltmore Hotel in this city. Is that Santa Barbara, California, or Dagobah? I think that's Santa Barbara, Brett. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, that is correct. Uh, Patrick, one point for one oh. point for Patrick. Oh, that's, oh, look at this. That's look great. at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This you, see, you gave it away because, regular, well, Dagobah's a planet and not a city, Brett, so you sort of gave it away. So in the regular meat yeah. cute, these two. Thick as thieves, Nick. Thick as thieves, Nick. But, Brett, there is a Biltmore Hotel on Dagobah. Mm, okay. And I also did not know. So, I don't know. I don't know what the what the hell Dagobah is. So so me saying a city doesn't, doesn't necessarily imply, you know. Uh, Brit. You don't know Dagobah? That's the one that that little green fella's from. Yoho. Yoho. Old Yoho, not the Yo- new one. Yoho Sebastian Buck. What? Brett, what was that? You can't cut that, oh. Brett. You have to leave that one in. No, sorry. What was that, Brett? Brett sorry, Brett it's more knows. of an uh, intake what? of breath. I like that joke. I thought it was more like an intake of Brett. More like an intake of Brett. 
That's what we're, that's what we're asking for. Brett, if you don't have anything funny to say, don't say anything at all. I know it's disappointing to not have scored a point in the game about your own canonical universe, but uh, let's uh, let, we'll march no. on with Brett, round two. if you don't have anything funny to say, you should say that thing you said just now about Yoho Sebastian Bach. <laughs> like, that's a good default thing if you don't have anything to say. Just say that. You'll be the talk of the town. One time I had an orgasm just thinking about Spanish tile. Round two, the final round of, of Dagobah or Santa Barbara. Uh, right now, Patrick uh, Patrick's in the lead yeah. at one point to zero. But in this in, in this round, the second round, uh, all questions are worth uh, uh, 40 uh, points. two points. So 40. Uh, five points. Thank you. Uh, five points. Forty. Oh, sorry. Forty, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40 points. Sorry. I heard 40. Like the number of 40. ounces in uh, Nick's foster can. In Nick's um, foster Wallace. And, and right? Yeah, yeah, just, but... just because I'm having Nancy. A, a hard time Nancy. keeping count. What? Hang on, Watto. Hang on, what? Watto. Watto. I'm Nancy, in, you what know did you me. Just say? I'm infinitely jesting. I can't help that was, it. I'm a comedy writrix. That was Brett level, Nancy. I'm funny. And I'm a woman and I'm divorced. I'm over 30. Calm down. Hey, toilet yeah, boy. Calm down, you don't please. talk to Nancy that way. Right. You scrub the loo mm. with that beard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Round two of uh, Dagobah or Santa Barbara. Uh, all, all the questions are worth 40 points. Uh, we'll start uh, back with George. Uh uh, who is in last place currently, tied for last place with zero points. Uh, this question is, uh, when I was there last week, I ran into Dennis Franz at Gelson's. When I was there last week, I ran into Dennis Franz at Gelson's. Well, I'm, I'm not quite sure how to answer this one because Dagobah is a fictional place. I've never been there. Uh, but also, what? is 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 the? I mean, I, I was on the set where we created it, but... Am I the I in this uh, question, or is no, it you, Al- Brett? Alex Cordellis is. Right. Alex Cordellis is the I. Is the I. Nancy Meyer, staff writer. All right. Uh, so I'm going to say it was probably uh, Santa Barbara, because uh, unless he went into a, a, a world of imagination. Oh, I'm I just a need a final suit. answer. I just need a final answer. I gave you my final answer. With conditions. I just need an un- unconditional final answer. You want an unconditional final answer? Yeah. No caveats oh. or asterisks. Just what's your final answer? McClunky. No caveats. A play by Diane Keaton's character, Erica, in Something's Gotta Give. I'm sorry, George Lucas. That's incorrect. Uh, the correct answer is Santa Barbara. Right. Santa Barbara. That- and, and I did say Santa Barbara. Diane Keaton hates showing off an inch of flesh. What about a movie where her wardrobe gets hit by lightning? It comes to life. Oh, that's good. I love that idea. It becomes sa- or it drops its hair dryer in the bathtub. Yeah. Uh, you already used that, Nancy. Sorry to you already use that plot point. Well, George Lucas uses things all the dang time. It's yeah, true. this guy's use, always got a giant things. tennis ball in the air that's blowing up other planets. It's true. Now we got a bigger one this time. Now there's two of them. Look out. A giant ball's coming at you. That's not a moon. That's a giant ball. <laughs> I have to admit, I did edit together, and this is obviously just for personal use, but I, I did do a special edition of What Women Want where he drops the hairdryer in the bathtub, and that's just the end of the movie. And I and I, I retitled it 
what most people want. <laughs> oh, that's mean. I think it's pretty I'll good, but it's credit, too though. short to be a. Fe- it's too short to be. A I feature. bet you like. I bet that makes you laugh. Ha ha ha. But the domestic gross was $182 million and a worldwide of $374 million. And yeah. you know how much it cost me? $70 million. Yeah. Bloop, bleep. I'm a robot. No, I'm not. I'm a woman. Nancy, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but uh, I I was so mad at you and, and really mad at myself uh, because... Something's Gotta Give was the working title for almost every Star Wars film that I made. Uh, the because it works on all of them. Uh, yeah. I and and I, I just it was always sort of ah, maybe the next one will be called that because I always felt like that was the fundamental frustration that the characters in that universe were having, which is just we're at a breaking point here. I've Something's never, Gotta you know, Give. I saw one of your and, movies. Which one? The first Captain one, Neo? With Carrie Fisher. Oh, uh, uh, A New Hope 4? What? The one that came out in 77. Yeah, episode 4, A New Hope. I think you're thinking of shampoo, Nancy. I think you're thinking sometimes of shampoo. Sometimes people will just call it 4 for short. They'll just say, you know what? I love 4. My husband used to yell 4, and then he'd hit a golf ball, and I it things didn't work out, and so I'm divorced. Big deal. My first wife, Marsha, used to say, I want 4 play, and so I would go, and I would get the action figures <laughs> for A New Hope. <laughs> And I get out the play sets, and she'd be furious with me. And uh, and I'll then, bet uh, George is as bad at you know what as Watto is enthusiastic about it. Yeah, baby, you're right. I'll tell you what. I think you're probably right because when you said when you said you know what, I honestly thought I have no idea. I do not know what. Watto <laughs> always gets an A for an effort. You. Nancy, you should do one of these spice movies. Like what? What should they be doing? Like the Mama's. oh, like the one where Matt Damon uh, planted potatoes in his own shit. No, I honestly, if I if I was, I mean, I'm retired. I'm not in the game anymore, Nancy. But I would suggest you should do a science fiction epic called Counterspace. Oh, and it's just about a, a kitchen uh, in in space, a big space kitchen. Oh my god! And you know, and I'm men- an- there's I'm another galaxy, but I'm getting, yeah, yeah, where you just could have like some aliens who are coming to take everyone's kitchens and replace them with like very uh, acceptable functional kitchens that aren't at all uh, aesthetically pleasing. I love the title. I hate what you're doing with it. it oh. For me, it would be about a counter that was so big I could put my cookie jars on it. By the way, you know what I keep in my cookie jars? Pills. Pills. I could keep um my blender, my KitchenAid. I could keep um any, and then I'd still have enough to make chocolate croissants at three in the morning. Mm. I'd like so. a job on this movie, Counter Space, knife consultant. Well, you're helpful at identifying what is and isn't a knife. Someone would bring over a ladle, and I'd say that's not a knife. Right. This is annoying. <laughs> are we still playing the game? We Brad? are. We are, in fact, uh, round two, uh, uh, halfway through round two, almost halfway through round two of Dagobah or Santa Barbara. 
Uh, next question goes to you, Watto. Uh, you sure. also, and, uh, Brett. I'm sorry. I'm just a little confused. I've been trying to keep score at home. Yes. Who won the round where for ten minutes everyone went back and forth on who was or was not playing the game in what configuration? Because <laughs> it felt like that should be a higher point count round. That's the audience won on that one. <laughs> That's an excellent question, Watto. The current uh, score, uh, believe it or not, uh, is uh, Patrick has one, uh, George Lucas has zero, uh, and Watto, you also have zero, but you now have a chance to win 40 points oh. if you correctly answer this question. Okay. Uh, is this Dagobah or Santa Barbara home to many creatures such as bog wings and swamp slugs? Is that Dagobah or Santa Barbara? California. I mean, it feels like you're setting me up for like a Karnak joke here, but I'll answer honestly because I want to win. The answer is Dagobah. That is the correct answer. Watto has zoomed into the lead who's, with 40 who's points. Karnak? Wow. Is Karnak one of the aliens in one of your movies, George? Yeah. No, Karnak is, Karnak is what a lot of the characters had in American Graffiti, a real knack for uh, driving and working on old automobiles <laughs> from the classic early 1960s era. Sometimes I have to wait behind Jay Leno at the petrol tank, and he takes forever. Yeah. He's a he's a car guy too. I know. I only saw one of this guy's movies. Jay Leno? No, George. Oh, I, when one? you said you yeah. only saw one of Jay Leno's movies, I thought he must be talking about Collision Course, which is usually available <laughs> on HBO That's Max. But for, for some Collision reason, Course Collision Course is Jay Leno's worst nightmare. It's about a car that uh, I assume, based on the title, is about a car that runs into another car. Yeah. Oh, it's him and Pat Morita. Um, yeah. No, it's about his even greater nightmare. Another comedian trying to siege stage time from him. <laughs> Tom, what movie did you see of George's? I Nick, mean, Nick, Nick, what movie did you see of George's? I uh, so uh, I was getting a windy watching uh, Captain EO. Yeah, I produced that oh. and wrote the story for it. My, I took uh, my, my daughter to see that. I took my daughter to see that. And she said, one day I'm going to have a TikTok. Oh, that's great. I had a TikTok in a movie that I helped out on called Return to Oz. Oh, that was fabulous. That was, was what encouraged me to get electroshock therapy for fun. Faruja yeah. Bulk. A lot of people balked at that film. <laughs> balk, 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 says a chicken before I roast it perfectly. Hey, Brett, what's my question? Uh, yeah, round two. Why? The, the conclusion. Here's the a question I got for you. Why? <laughs> You have five hours to answer. Why? And uh, uh, the, the the final question of uh, Dagobah or Santa Barbara uh, and Patrick, this is this is for the win. You are currently uh, losing 40, yeah. 40 to one. Uh, Wado is in the lead. Uh, but as this question is worth 40 points, you have the chance to win here. Dagobah or Santa Barbara, a hot and humid world, a hotbed of life. Does that describe Dagobah or Santa Barbara? Hold on one second, Brett. Can I just call a one a one moment timeout? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you were in the lead, though. Is that is that this isn't your question? I think Wada wants us to stop counting the votes. Is what That's Wada not, wants? No, absolutely never. I believe in a fair competition. I just want to say one thing to Patrick off the clock before he answers. Patrick, consider your answer very carefully. Yeah. Yeah. If you Wada, know what's good you, for you. Take well, how bad do you want fall. this, Watto? That's take that's the question. This fall. 
I want this um, more than you could ever know. What's it worth to you, though? Here's how badly I want it. If you get the yeah. question right, you're fired. <laughs> oh, no. I don't. Uh, ah! Okay, I didn't. Brad, look, they can fire him! Time in! We have a different relationship. Yeah, you've seen my contract. Yeah. yeah. Wait, can I take a time out and talk to Brett really quick? Uh, sure. sure. Yep. I'm always always available to you, Patrick. For any wait, wait, we're directors. Or... We're directors. We're directors. With this woman. Cut. Oh, this is good. That was good. Hey, Brett. Yeah. What, uh, what is your what's your gut say on this? Um to be absolutely honest, my gut says this question, I chose this question because it can go either way. Yeah. And so whatever you answer, I am gonna say that the answer is the opposite of what you said, and then give the uh game to Watto. Oh, okay. Nancy. Uh, Nancy. That's no, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah just to be completely candid. What? All right, back Nancy. to one. Back to back to one. Back to one. Last uh, last looks. And back last to one. Looks. I, sorry. Last look. Can I just take a first look? Uh, can I take a quick timeout with Brett quickly, just before? Cut. Brett. Yes. Big fan sorry. of your work. Want to give you the heads up. We might have a producer opening on the George Lucas talk show, <laughs> considering how the next couple of minutes play out. So just consider that and how you award points in the next question. Got it. Appreciate it. Cool. I appreciate the insights. Thank cool. you. Nancy. Yeah. What about a, a What Women Won't sequel where I fall in a tub filled with Star Wars merch and <laughs> yeah. then I can hear what guys like Patrick are thinking. We call it What a Cuck Wants. <laughs> Oh, Nick, it's good to hear you laugh, Nick. It's good to hear it. Um, I haven't laughed, laughed this much since uh, since Helen Hunt was looking at me package in uh, the movie. Mm. Nancy, you wrote yeah. a great scene that day. Thanks, but I wasn't credited. Isn't that generous? Uh, so Patrick, your question is a hot and humid world, a hotbed of life. Yeah. Is that Dago, Dagobah or God. Santa Barbara, California? Jeez, you know, Brett, I don't yeah. know. I'm going to have to say, let's say, uh, let's say Santa Barbara, Brett. Santa Barbara. Uh, I am, I am very sorry. The correct answer is Dagobah. Oh Dagobah, hot and humid world, a hotbed oh of life. Uh, and that gives this game, uh, the, the winner of this game is Watto. Yeah, baby. Watto yeah, wins. Congratulations, Watto. 41 to Thank one you. to zero. Listen, I love learning. I'm learning all the time. I write that down. I'll use it. I hear things. I use them later. It's right. It's called write what you know. That's why my movies are about divorced women. I'm divorced. Write what you know would be a good name for a movie. That's true. But a creative writing teacher falls in love with a student who writes romance. (laughs) Keep going, Nick. And gives, gives, she, she gives, the teacher gives notes about how the love affair in the story should go. And? But it's the love affair between the two of them. So? And in real life, it plays out as it plays out on the page. I love it. Can I I'm going to write it. Can I give some casting suggestions? Please. Tom Sizemore. <laughs> Robert Blake. I'm dying Robert, to work Robert with Blake. Tom. 
I'm dying to work with Bobby. Can I please say that Bobby is my dream? What about this for a poster? Robert Blake Lively. We could do that as the intern too. The intern too. Robert the intern Blake. too. She won't. She won't be alive by the credits. And he's like, "Look here, Charlie Potatoes. I'm here. I'm here to run your life." Annie Hathaway wants to be called Annie, and no one seemed to care when she announced that. You don't call her Anne. Well, it's a hard knock life for her. It's kind of like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She says, "Don't call me Sarah." You can call me Sarah Jessica. You can call me Sarah Jessica Parker. You can call me SJ. You can call me SJP. Don't Uh call me Sarah. It's not my name. Cool. You'd almost think someone worked with her. I'll bet that experience was as smooth as cashmere. We've got uh, one more segment, one more, one more segment on the Nancy Myers talk show. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to go ahead and get into, get into that, or at least who won, who won the, who won the game, Brett? Uh, Wada uh, Wada was the uh, was the landslide winner, forty one to one to zero of uh, Dagobah or Santa Barbara. Uh, a blowout. That's great. Uh, then this, this next, I got a blowout. I got a blowout. You know who else had a blowout was Delta Burke in uh, What Women Want. That hair was huge. Here are the women I like: Rita Wilson. That's it. <laughs> Rita's a lot of fun. She'll bring over Spanakopita. You'll say, what the fuck is this? She gave me COVID. (laughs) Did you know that? I got, I got the best strain of COVID ever. It was from Rita. I said, lovely Rita. Rita made me sick. With COVID, guess what? <laughs> it affected my smell. It did not affect my taste. I wear more cashmere than ever. He's such a schmuck. She thinks I'm a schmuck. What does Nancy Myers want? That is the last game right here on the Nancy Myers talk show. Last? Uh, this is our- I thought we were just getting stuck. Well, if the last game was any indication, this one will take uh, a solid 30 to 40 minutes to get through. So this is uh, this is called uh, What Does Nancy Myers Want? Like you've got somewhere to be, Brit. Yeah, seriously. I admit that did have a, a little bit of passive aggressiveness uh, undertone to it, but I can assure you this is my Where favorite thing to going, do. Where are you going, My favorite thing to do during the week. Uh, Would it kill you to order a pizza once in a while? The way Brett looks with those glasses, the only place he's got to go is to uh, thin out some Coke with baby laxative. <laughs> it's just a profit margin question there. I mean, it's just it does it does affect your bottom line. Well, Coke is stronger these days. Coke is stronger these days. Everyone knows it. Brett, are you dressed like Princess Leia? 
Uh, having never seen Star Wars, I, I, I can't I can't speak to that reference. Um, I can't tell if it's your chair or if you've styled your hair with two enormous buns at each side. Like those Princess are Leia his Organa. headphones. Uh, no, yeah, these, these are these are what we call uh, professional grade headphones. Unlike what the three of you are, have been using, uh, which is probably why we're getting that little echo on this episode. Uh, but uh, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Yoho Sebastian Bach. He's incapable of shame, George. There's no point in trying to. Now, George, you when know. you made that guy a baby, when you did Baby Yoho, what was that all about? Well, I didn't. I didn't do that, but it was. I did tell John Favreau uh, that he should make the show more for kids. Uh, John. So I. I think John Favreau yeah, and I from Rudy. Yeah. Swingers. Well, the swing swingers the kid, and made the kid from Rudy. I've got yeah, a, a I've got a maid. What does Nancy Myers want? The final game on Nancy Myers, the Nancy Myers talk show, as we always always conclude the Nancy Myers talk show with what does Nancy Myers want? Uh, in this no, game, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm exempt from this one because I can read her thoughts. Uh, well, you, yeah, you, it's well, not uh, fair. Uh, far from being exempt, you're actually the crucial linchpin of this game, uh, as as, oh, as I'm sure as no. I'm sure you know, playing coy there. Uh, what I'm going to do is. Um, I'm going to give you a topic. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a topic. And then our three contestants, uh, George, Watto, and Patrick, you're going to guess, what does Nancy think about this topic? And then Nick will uh, tell us what she actually thinks about the topic because he can read her thoughts. And then we will give a award a point to who was closest. Who was closest. So this is what does Nancy Myers want? Uh, maybe a better, better uh, title there is what does Nancy Myers think about this? Uh, so what does Nancy Myers think about... And our first topic is. Can I ask a quick question? Yes. Nick, are you done yeah. with the first Fosters? Where are we? And let's just have a little check in. I'm pretty You're on the second or the, the first? Deep on the first. All right. Uh, I did a double Cadillac margarita and I am almost done. Uh, should I dig into a, a, a second batch yes. here? Okay. All right. I think so. Just, what, what's that. the difference? What's the difference between a Cadillac margarita and a regular margarita? I'm so margarita? glad you asked. Uh, Cadillac margarita. Uh, uses a uh, reposada tequila, which is a higher higher grade. Much like uh, your films are a cut above uh, the average film, uh, reposada tequila is a cut above the average tequila. Uh, you also use a, a a Grand Marnier. You don't fuck around with a triple sec or Cointreau. Uh, you go straight to the Grand Marnier. So it is it is really uh, as the name suggests, the Cadillac of margaritas. Have you ever made a souffle? Uh, I, I, yes, absolutely, yeah. With Grand Marnier or chocolate. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, I, I've actually I've used both ingredients. I, I have on occasion combined them to do a, a Grand Marnier chocolate souffle. Um, How was that? It was uh, it was absolute heaven. It was uh, almost so good that I never tried it again. Uh, so as not to tempt fate. Sometimes I laugh at people that get joy from things like Oreos. It's gas station food. Patrick, how many juice boxes you put down during this show? <laughs> During we, this show? We couldn't help yeah. but notice that oh. when you people do your show, you're eating so much food. Yeah. 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 Watto yeah. orders uh. Watto orders something that's usually meaty. Yes. Fragrant. But, but Nick, yes. And filling. Nancy, to be fair to us, to be fair to us, most of our shows take up the majority of the yeah. day. So, so that's, one of those so that's you why you eat at the beginning of eat. them. That's why you eat at the beginning of them. You couldn't eat a half hour before they started. Like swimming. Why don't you treat the show yeah. like going into the pool? Show starts at the same time every week. 
These guys act like they just <laughs> forgot to eat. How's the margarita, Matt? How's the margarita, Brett? That's fantastic. I'm, I'm reloaded here. Got two Cadillac margaritas in my skull mug. Once again, a big Cheers. tribute to uh, Nick's, uh, Nick's um, Crystal Skull uh, mom, uh, who was from Las Vegas, yeah. uh, which is where this mom. mug also came from. I got that from Fosse because Fosse, uh, I read the, the Fosse book. Nancy, can I ask you a quick question I've always wanted to ask you? Yes, please. Uh, well, the first time I saw Something's Got to Give, I, I was delighted when I dis- when we discovered that uh, Jack Nicholson's character is 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 the uh, uh, head of a hip hop album label. That was that was so yes, exciting. Drive by Drive by Records. Such a great name and such an exciting discovery. Uh, how did you th- how Thank did you, you think of that? What'd you base that on? Thank you. I love writing. I based it on what I read about rap that there are drive bys, and I think rap is bad. So I said, how about he's a record executive? Because, you know, as you know, I made it in. Hold on. Not looking at the Wikipedia or anything. I made it in 2003 when the record industry was exploding with opportunities. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun and funny if Jack Nicholson's character, and I call him Jack, his character had an album. Harry Sanborn, you're talking about. Harry Sanborn worked for a a record label called Drive-By Records, and he said it was hip-hop, but I know it was rap. This kid's a fan. Patrick's a fan. You probably give him a job on that Counter Space movie, wiping the counter down with that What's your favorite of my movies? You know, Nancy, I was actually going through this because I think I've only seen two of them, Nancy. That's not possible. I believe, I believe I've seen, I've seen it's complicated, and I've seen the Parent Trap, and I think Father that's it, of Nancy. the Bride. Yeah, Patrick, you have father to, you have to bride? see, you have to see the Father of the Bride trilogy, Patrick. I've n- I've never seen it. I've never the seen. Th- it. I'm excited the for third, the third one. The third one is on. The third one is on Zoom. Oh, my favorite word. Maybe the best trilogy, maybe the best film trilogy of all time. One of the greatest. It's certainly in contention. It's certainly one of the best father-based trilogies. Yes. Can I have some more white wine, Daddy? What does Nancy Myers want is our final game on the Nancy Myers talk show. And and just to repeat the rules real quick, uh, I'm going to give you a topic. Uh, our, our contestants, uh, George Watto and Patrick, will guess what does Nancy Myers want uh, or think is probably the better term here. What does she think about this topic? And then uh, um, Nick will will tell you what she actually thinks, and then we'll judge who is, who is the closest. Uh, so the first topic here, the first topic is Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton. What does Nancy Myers really think about Diane Keaton? And uh, Patrick, we'll start with you. We'll go in reverse order here. Patrick, we'll start with you. What does Nancy really think, truly think in her heart of hearts? And Nick will tell you if you're right or not. Can't. And this is not what she what she says out loud. But what does she really think inside her head? Deep down about Diane Keaton. I'm going to say I'm going to err on the side of you being a good person, Nancy. And I'm going to say that you like Diane Keaton. You like her. You think she's a fun person. You like working with her. Like Stein Keaton is a fun person. Joy's working with her. Wada, Nick? Wada, what do you say? No. Sorry, we're, oh, sorry, we're going to do Sorry, we'll do each each person will answer, and then Nick will tell us the reality, and, and we'll decide who's closest. Wada, you're next. I, I think Nancy is thinking of three words when you say Diane Keaton. Talented, but overpaid. And overdressed. Hey now, 
Maybe take off one of the vests. And again, this is what Nancy is saying, but what, we, what we're guessing is what she's actually thinking. So uh, That's why I, I didn't guess the overdress part, because I knew she was going to say it out loud. George, uh, George Lucas, what do you think uh, Nancy Myers really thinks about Diane Keaton? I think she uh, appreciates and enjoys her as an actor, but I think she finds her clown paintings off-putting. And now over to Nick. Nick, uh, knowing Nancy's thoughts inside and out, what does Nancy really think about Diane Keaton? I'm giving that point to Watto. Point to Watto. What? Would she take a couple layers off? <laughs> so Watto is the closest to Nancy's actually actual thoughts there. Yeah. Well, wow. is this something I was supposed to be doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are yeah. <laughs> there different answers? I can't find my lap other laptop side. I just wanted to add that I think her neck could be a little tighter because mine is as tight as a drum. So Watto gets a point there. Watto is closest to what Nancy actually thinks about Diane Keaton. What is it? What is what is is it based on uh, research that you've done, Brett? Uh, no, this is based on Nick knowing Nancy's innermost thoughts uh, uh, based on his telepathic abilities. She's my muse. She's my muse. Uh, if you haven't seen What Women Want, Nick dropped a, uh, a hairdryer in the bathtub and thus gained uh, uh, complete telepathic abilities into the yes. thoughts of all women on the on the planet. Yeah. Um, and if you haven't seen Something's Gotta Give, she plays a playwright. Wink, wink. Uh, next up, what is uh, next question? What is what? What does Nancy Myers really think about Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda. What, what? What does Nancy Myers really think about Baby Yoda? We'll go in reverse order this time. George Lucas. What does Nancy Myers really think about Baby Yoda? I don't think that she thinks that that is what women want. Wada, what does uh, uh, Nancy Myers think about Baby Yoda? I'm going to go out on a limb here, and my answer is that Nancy Myers does not think about Baby Yoda. This question is non-applicable. That's my answer. And Patrick, you might want to play a Price is Right strategy here. Uh, what is What does Nancy Myers think about Baby Yoda? Talented but overpaid. TBO. So we have the three three answers are uh, Baby Yoda is not what women want. Baby Yoda is not something Nancy Myers thinks about at all, or Baby Yoda is talented but overpaid. Nick, what does Nancy Myers really think about Baby Yoda? Oh, don't let me read her mind. Yeah, she thinks he's the right little tugger. <laughs> <laughs> he's right as always. I, I think that's maybe Oops. Patrick is closest yeah, there, I think. Like yeah. Can I point Thanks. out Brett, I believe I should get some residual points on Patrick's correct answer because it was my answer in the first round. No, well, but didn't you take the butt out? What was the first I round? I did not. Talented but overpaid. I was the original TBO. Give him some points. TBO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Give him that, that's a true point. Um, also, Patrick, well, well, Watto, Watto, Watto always takes the butt out. You know, I sometimes get acupuncture, but they use the COVID vaccine instead of needles. <laughs> a whole freezer full of them. In my next movie, Meryl Streep gets a little high and she just takes out all these COVID vaccines and just squirts them into the air. Uh, Nancy, I've sent you multiple emails about my immunocompromised grandmother. Um, I asked you multiple times if you had any uh, inside information on getting the vaccine and you said no. So that's Nope. Uh, very 
Interesting there. Okay. Um, second round. Uh, sorry, Wado. I did did not uh, hear or remember your question. But so the so the so the points coming out of round one are Patrick one, uh, Wado zero, uh, what? George Lucas Brit. zero. Brit. Wait, no. Wado had one from the first round. Are you guys okay? You haven't had a snack in two hours. <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. I yeah. am. I am. Yeah. Brit, give right, him, come on, give, man. Give I am roughly three points. Cadillac margaritas in uh, out of four. So uh, I, I wanted apologize to make there. sure they were okay because I haven't seen Griffin haven't, open yeah. a, a a bowl of something that you could see stinks from here. <laughs> you mean Nancy? You mean Watto, Nancy? <laughs> yeah. I ain't seen. I ain't seen Watto eat the entire contents of Cat's Deli. <laughs> You know, I was born a Jew. <laughs> so uh, going into round three, sorry, you round three. Cat, you go to Katz's as a sign out. Sorry, nothing left. Watto was here. <laughs> it showed that. It's day. almost like he's doing a demonstration. <laughs> for fucking Sesame Street. It's hey, boys and girls, ever wonder what Jews eat? <laughs> well, wonder no more. Look, representation matters. You know that as well as anyone, Nancy. I do. I'm so tired of seeing white women who aren't rich being on the dang screen. Round three of what does Nancy Myers uh, want and or think? Uh, Watto and Patrick, you're tied one point apiece. Uh, George Lucas has yet to score a single point in any of the games we've played. Oh, uh, yeah, but so you should point out that I'm a billionaire while you're saying that, Brett. Uh, billionaire George Lucas has yet to score yeah. a single point in any of the games we've played. Takes a little, takes a little bit a of the sting out. How many, I made a lot of money. My own movies yeah. made a lot of money. Mm. Well, I made Round a three. amount of money uh, working at that ad agency. <laughs> <laughs> you got the night. Remember, Nick, remember when you got the Nike account? I was so proud of you. Nike for women. You remember when you understood the thoughts of a female dog and that was never explained or explored? <laughs> when she was like, I gotta poop. I gotta make poop. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't that we kind of left it at that, uh, didn't we? It's a world of potential for the sequel. Mm. Round three, the question is, uh, and having not seen Star Wars, I don't fully understand this question, but the question for round three we is We get it. You haven't seen Star Wars. We get it. <laughs> Cool, cool, bro. Cool story, yeah. bro. Yeah. You also, I bet you don't have a TV either. Yeah, I don't own a TV. Or you right. just watch PBS and Discovery. Yeah. yeah. That's what That was Chevy's answer in the 90s, and it's just as cool now. Well, Chevy's, don't say Chevy's. That's a restaurant. Uh, Watto will, uh, his head's going to explode. <laughs> no, you don't need to tell me that. Watto's going to. You don't need to tell me that Chevy's is a restaurant. It's almost as good as Chili's. Question three. In uh, what does Nancy Myers uh, want and or think? Uh, the question is, did Han shoot first? Did Han shoot first? What does Nancy think? George Lucas, we're going to start with you. Um, I don't I don't think that uh, I don't think anyone thinks that. So I can't imagine that Nancy. I don't think anyone thinks that Han shot first. He clearly we've seen him. He didn't do it. We saw the Greedo shot first, and and Han was just reacting because uh, Greedo says McClunky, and then Han thinks about it, and this is all in a split second. But it's as if well, time what is what is still. your answer uh, for this question? Uh, <laughs> did Han shoot first? Crush um, like a bug. 
Yes. Uh, my answer is, in terms of what Nancy thinks, the best course of action is to always shoot Catherine Han last. Because on the set of The Holiday, Nancy learned, even though Han is ready on take one, she's such a brilliant improviser. You want to give her some time on everyone else's coverage to come up with the best lines so that you can use that last. Thank you. Thank you, Watto. Uh, and Patrick, what do you think? Uh, in Nancy's mind, did, did Han yeah, shoot I, first? I think Nancy has the same answer in her mind that she would say out loud, which is, I do not care. And we uh, now hand it over to Nick for the, for the definitive answer. The definitive did- answer is uh, wine, 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 gimme, gimme, glug, glug, wine. <laughs> I think I got that. What? That's me. What are you doing? You're saying that you got the point before Brett makes a ruling? I think so. This guy's unbelievable. So just to review our answers real quick, uh, uh, George Lucas uh, gave a sort of a uh, incoherent canonical answer. Uh, Watto, uh, what was your answer again? I'm wow. sorry, I can't remember. Spoken you, like you a man sh- who has not seen Star Wars. Of course it's incoherent because you have failed to engage with the culture in which you live. You live in California and you haven't seen Star Wars. Shame on you. Half of the uh, what, half. Uh, what? Shame on you, uh, Brett. This is a multi-track recording, so we'll be taking out those little bits there. Uh, Watto, what, what was your uh, what was your uh, uh, answer? I can't point remember. Point to My what? answer was: you always shoot Catherine Hans' coverage last because she gets funnier every take. <laughs> and Patrick, what was your answer? Mine was she doesn't care, and that's what she says in her head and in her mouth. No, but you have to include as part of his answer the arrogance of him saying, what about I think my I mouth? got the point. Yeah, uh, yeah. What good, about my mouth? Good point, Wando. This is a question where I have to go for tone because content is useless. So in terms of tone, I'm going to give this 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 point to Wado. Wado! Uh, uh, tonally, it seems the most in line with what Nancy was actually thinking, which was wine, 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 glug, glug, glug. Keanu Reeves plays Dr. Julian Mercer. And something's got to give. And I'll tell you something. He doesn't shoot first. Imagine you got a disease and that's who you see as your doctor. <laughs> you're like, I think you're like, your father has cancer. Oh, <laughs> no, don't worry. Here comes like, Dr. Julian Mercer to explain your options. And be like, yeah, he had a good run. So Watto is winning two points to one. Uh, final round here. Final round of what does Nancy Myers want and or think? Um Points in this round, as always, in the final round are worth 40 points, uh, thus nullifying the previous rounds. Um, and uh, here we go. The uh, final question is, what does what does Nancy Myers want or think about Pasadena, the city of Pasadena? What does Nancy Myers think about the city of Pasadena? Uh, Patrick, we'll start with you. What does Nancy Myers think about Pasadena? Uh, you know, looking at the Wikipedia page for Pasadena, I would say uh, too many people and it's not a real part of Los Angeles. That's what I would say. Well, it's not Los Angeles. Nancy, easy. Uh, we don't want to give anything Sorry. give anything away there. Sorry! And uh, Wada, what does Nancy Myers think in her heart of hearts about Pasadena? Sure. Uh, looking at the Wikipedia page, I would say Nancy <laughs> is thinking... 
Pasadena is a city in Los Angeles County, California, United States, 11 miles, 18 kilometers northeast of downtown Los Angeles. It is the most popular ah. city in the primary cultural center of San Gabriel Valley. With its substantial downtown area, observers consider it either a suburb of nearby Los Angeles or as a significant urban center in its own right. I love thinking of things in kilometers. Thank you, Watto. And uh, George Lucas finally having not seen Star Wars uh, myself. What does Nancy Myers think about Pasadena, California? Okay, Brett, you promise not to cut me off? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I've cut you off previously, right. but I will not do it uh, moving forward. That's a promise. Yes. All right. Turmoil has engulfed the Galactic Republic. The taxation of trade routes to outlying star systems is in dispute. Hoping to resolve the matter with a blockade of deadly battleships, the Greedy Trade Federation has stopped all shipping to the small planet of Naboo. While the Congress of the Republic endlessly debates this alarming chain of events, the Supreme Chancellor has secretly dispatched two Jedi Knights, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, to settle the conflict. Captain. The captain turns to an unseen figure sitting behind her. Yes, sir. Tell them we wish to board at once. The captain looks to her view screen where Newt Gunray, a Nemoidian trade viceroy, waits for a reply. With all due respect. Oh, sorry, I have to uh, read Hold this on. Properly. I think but I'm going to shoot myself re- first. <laughs> <laughs> George, keep going and do, do the voices. You have to get really into all it. Right. Tell us the new Gunray voice. With all due respect, the ambassadors for the Supreme Chancellor wish to board immediately. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I'm trying to mute As George, but know, George is uh, somehow is, is refusing to be muted. I don't know how this is happening. This has never happened before. Brett, I don't know if you know what I'm doing here, but I'm because you haven't seen Star Wars, I was going to uh, read all six movies to you. <laughs> As my answer, because you're clearly not going to give me any points. You've been gunning against me this entire Nancy, time. Nancy, I'm Those very sorry. Movies, I'm, I'm trying to mute George. Can I say something? Can I say something? Can I say something? Those movies are bad. I'm sorry. They just are. They're not good. I don't like them. I like stories about people, divorced people, divorced women, rich divorced women, things I can relate to. I think Star Wars here, here. is boring and bad. Wait, the here, end. Here. Nancy, Nancy. Well, you, Nancy, are you talking about General Leia Organa? Because by by the end of the Star Wars Skywalker saga, she's a rich divorced woman. All right, Hall and Oates. <laughs> right. I also, I, 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 I think to a certain extent, and I think what I just read out as my answer, uh, uh, you might think it's boring, but for one thing, Star Wars is not for girls. Uh, it's I wrote it for boys. But also, mm-hmm. and I think this is fair to say, it's complicated. I'm flattered. You you find me a girl, George. Oh, just like all women, I just use those words. I'm, I'm seventy. I'm seventy six, so I'm gonna I'm gonna not always have. Well, right I'm terms. probably older, but you wouldn't know it to look at my neck. Oh, uh, I don't have a neck. I'm jealous. It's as tight as a snare drum and Nancy. a lot wetter. Nancy, here's a movie idea. Hmm. It's called Who's My Daddy. And it stars Patrick Cotnor, right? I'm listening. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a male Mamma Mia, but it's a pop a Papa Pia. Papa Pia, <laughs> we call it Papa Pia. 
Papa Pia colon, Papa Pia colon, who's my daddy? And, you know, all four of the impractical jokers have sex with the same woman. (laughs) Well, you know, Sal and I go way back. Nick, is there any way to make this a trilogy? I I propose for the third film, and I think this one would be a hit because everybody loves babies. Baby had a diarrhea. That's baby boom. You're thinking of baby boom. She moves to Vermont and makes baby food. Spoiler alert. The answer to that question about Pasadena. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Is that Nancy once got a chest of drawers from an assistant who picked it up near Pasadena. That's true. And she didn't like it. No, I didn't like it. She didn't let it in the house. Son of a. Oh, son of a. What? You traded it back. You traded it back in. Would we say this is, no, a, I, is a long story that happened in Pasadena? Sort of a long story that we're getting a short version of? I, it sounds like it was a story about a trade and a trading something back in. And my whole story was about a trade federation. Give the point to George. All right. The winner of the uh, second game, <laughs> what does Nancy Myers think, is George Lucas with a Thank score you, of wow. uh, 40 to one, uh, to two to one, 40 to two to one. Uh, this chest of drawers, say a you could have gotten it win. at Pier One, this piece of shit. You could have gotten it at West Elm. Blech. Congratulations, George Lucas. You you win the, uh, uh, what does Nancy Myers uh, want and or think? Sometimes I take the cooking oil that's left on my oven burners. I let it just drip into a bottle and I throw it at William Sonoma. I say, here, sell this. You know what I do when I go to William Sonoma? Mm. I go to the cookware. <laughs> and then I say, you call that a knife? That's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> this is I'm a knife. <laughs> <Never>! oh. <laughs> Oh my God! I want this twist. Surprising each time. <laughs> Talk about a little twist. <laughs> Nick's got a great body, you know. I, I said, I said, you got to show it in this movie. You had, his you had about and his fifteen of the women in it kept talking about my body over and over. I said, I said, make it sixteen, but then one left. One was on the cutting room floor. You know who that was? Judy Greer. I saved a life in that movie. Judy Greer's life and a lot of things. Nancy, can I ask you yes. another question about your uh, about your, your your process? You'll never get to see these again, Michael. <laughs> What's the question, Brett? Sorry, there, there's a point in What Women Want where uh, uh, Nick there is 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 thumbing through a couple CDs. Uh, he thumbs through uh, Alanis Morissette. Fiona Apple's Fiona When Apple, the Pawn dot dot dot. Uh, Fiona Apple, uh, uh, Alanis Morissette, uh, Crooked Little Pill, and uh, or Jagged Little Pill, sorry there. And, uh, Paula Cole. Oh, yeah. it was, it was Paula Cole. It was, Paula it was, Cole. Yeah, it was Judy Greer's that were crooked. And, <laughs> and my favorite. <laughs> Meredith, <laughs> Meredith Brooks. Uh, what made you go with Meredith Brooks out of the uh, Fiona Apple, uh, 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 Alanis Morissette, and Meredith Brooks uh, tri- trio there? She called me back. I went to Lilith Fair. I said, is this like a, a, you know, I've been to lots of fairs. I've been to the, the coffee fair, the chocolate fair. One time I went to a rosemary fair. Scarborough fair. And uh, I met, I, I said, oh, she's talented. She could use a leg shave. <sighs> anyway, 
long story short, I offered her lawyer of cash. No, I offered her lawyer Bitcoin. I had access to crypto before anyone knew what crypto yeah, this was. This was 1994. That is, that is well 1994. Ahead of I said, do you want some fat crypto? <laughs> Meredith Brooks was the first one to say, you bet I do. I said, I'm a bitch. I'm a mother. She said, I'm a lover. And the next thing you know, she was in the movie. And then I used Come My Lady, Come Come My Lady for the beginning of uh, Something's Gotta Give by Crazy Town, my uh, Butterfly, favorite Butterfly band. Butterfly by Crazy Town, uh, one, of the, one, know, one of the great music choices in, in cinema Sometimes history. people ask me where I hail from, and I say Crazy Town. I say population me. I've been hanging out a bit with uh, Shifty Shellshock from, uh, <laughs> from Crazy Town. Good guy, good guy. Inaugurated the uh, shoulder blade tattoos, I believe, was uh, one if of the. You saw the tattoos I had on my inner thighs. You would never stop throwing up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about enough. So today's winners, today's winners, and uh, the Nancy Myers talk show are George Lucas and Watto. Each won one game. Uh, so sorry, Patrick. Over uh, two. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I get it. Uh, better, uh, better luck next time. Uh, so excited to have you here on the Nancy Myers Talk Show, which doubles as a game show. And um, thank you very much. And that concludes Double Threats Best of 2021 Part 1. Tom and Julie have so much more fun stuff coming your way during the remainder of this year. So make sure you're subscribed to Double Thread on your preferred podcast app. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Double Threat Pod. Buy our merch on TeePublic at tpublic.com slash doors slash double dash threat. And last but not least, make sure to send clips of things that you want Tom and Julie to cover on the show to doublethreatpod at gmail.com. And speaking of dot com, we have dot come to the end of this show. Thank you for all your support and see you next week. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.